Curious Curiosity I'm so curious, yeah Curiosity There's a lot to read There's a lot to beat around the bushes and the trees As the sounds of our hearts will open To turn it around Bringing it back to we I just want to free, yeah Cause when I'm trapped in those ways Can you just take away hands Give me a chance to breathe I just want to breathe Ooh, cause I tried to be open with you Putting me down, taking it out on me Forgive you, delirious Cause this ain't so serious No, no, no Forgiving you now Bringing it back to peace Curious Curiosity I'm so curious, yeah Curiosity What's it going to be? What's it going to be about together, you and me? As we drive down this open road, we turn it around, giving it back to we. Give it back to we. Ooh, cause now it's time to be open with you, giving it out. Taking for off to see I lay down the paintbrush I put it on no rush Cause now the crowd's got me watching stroking Linting it down Where will this art piece lead? Curious Curiosity I'm so curious, yeah, I'm free. Welcome to Spin Frequency. Welcome, Dan. Thank you so much, Micah. Dan from the womb of the earth is here. And before he starts talking, I'm going to leave a bit of mystery. This is the introduction that I've recorded after the podcast right now. And this, today's introduction is going to be guiding me, you, Dan, and the listener into a little mindfulness meditation for two minutes. So wherever you are in your breathing, close down your eyes, except if you're driving or anything else that will be dangerous for you to close your eyes. And become aware of your breath. Returning to nostril breathing. Wherever you're at right now, accept yourself. Letting go of any tension in the face. 
asking the mind, what is the next thought you're going to think? Embracing the silent gaps now in this meditation and through the podcast. Allow it to be an opportunity to drop into this moment. Nothing to do. Nowhere to go. Just being here right now on your sit bones. Whatever body position you're in, just become aware of where your body is touching, whatever you're being supported by right now. Putting down your weapons for one minute. Whether that weapon be fear, her guilt, her gun, her hairdryer, her burger. Feel where you are right now. You're doing great. And now in your own time, opening up your eyes to Dan. Dan, I met over email and instantly bonded through my partner emailing him as she typed as she sent me the messages and I replied. And he inspired me to be kind because his emails were very kind. And he made me extra kind then because he reminded me of my kind self. And then we had our first call. And I thought he'd ditched me a little bit because we had organized a podcast and things happened and it didn't happen. And I nearly dropped into it's not happening. And I responded instead to email and then email again. And he responded. <laughs> and we had a call and we instantly bonded avatar to avatar on a similar shared fiery passionate purpose in supporting and seeing our own shadows as we have explored this morning in the primal studio as he has shared his beautiful amazing space with me that feels so grounded and airy Therapeutic is definitely a word. Healing is definitely a word. Trippy. It looks like a dream from a mycelium journey of where you want to be after the journey in integrating after the trip for your everyday. Welcome to Spin Frequency Podcast, Dan. 
what do you have to say for yourself? What a beautiful start to a podcast. Oh my God, I nearly didn't come back there from, from our two-minute meditation. Uh, thank you. Just thank you. Um, you've explained there. You, you reached out via email, and I'm very grateful that you did. Apologies for my, my tardy re- responses. Um, but it's an honor to have you here in, in the studio and for you to have me in the podcast. I'm very, very grateful. So thank you very much. Let's um, drift straight into the topic that I'm very interested in at the moment. And it connects into brotherhood, man connection, the pain body, and emotions. And when an emotion is not being felt or being hidden away from, in your experience, first of all with yourself, what comes to your awareness and how to navigate when these emotions are in there and there's some holes? How do you go in to these areas and even from that broad spectrum that I'm going into in the body where do you begin? Great question. Great question and one that I'm spending most of my time considering at the moment so you're going to get some real raw response some just reaction to the words you just said there to maybe give anybody who might be listening to this some context on where my answers come from I'm very, very new in relative terms to this this journey, these questions, these conversations about topics that are actually real because I spent the vast majority of my life dealing with things which I now look at as not important or real um, and building a persona. So where, where do I start? To be very honest, it's with conversations like this because... I'm I'm so inexperienced with the, the techniques that people might use. For example, plant medicines, breath work, cold exposure, meditation, reading, journaling, uh, actual connection and communication, sharing circles. Um, I'm, I'm very inexperienced, but extremely fascinated by all of these different tools. And where I like to start... Let me, let me maybe rephrase this slightly. I worked in the medical industry for 12 years and the approach that I observed working 100% of the time was this, here's this word that is unfortunately being manipulated. It was holistic. I worked in a very, very traditional medical environment for a while. I trained in a very traditional medical way, very logic-based evidence, data-driven, mainstream, medical, physiotherapy, A equals B. But that never really fit with me. And when I started to practice and actually see real human beings, someone would come into me with an injury of their knee, I knew it was 10% their knee and 90% all of the other parts of this person. So we would spend, I'd spend a lot of time completely on not, not consciously doing this, but I would talk to these people and find out who they were and how they spent their days and what their relationships were like and if they enjoyed their job and if they had a good sense of purpose and meaning and they're like but my knee is sore and I thought we'll we'll get to the knee we'll get to the knee so 
through that process and 10 years of working in that kind of environment, I realized that it's not just about the knee pain. It's about all of the different parts of this person. And all of it is contributing to the knee pain. There might have been an injury, fine, but why is this person in chronic pain? Why can't they heal? Why can't they recover? What's blocking them from physical recovery? Why have they not had success with the other 10 physios they saw? And a huge part of what I did was speak to people and try and educate people and help them understand in a very limited field of physiotherapy and medicine what was happening with their body and how they could take control over what was happening. So my mindset before I embarked on this journey of personal development and self-growth was already, it's not about the knee pain, that's a symptom. It's about everything that makes up this person contributing to the knee pain. So to get to your question is where do I start now? I don't have one specific tool that I use. I'm exploring many tools at the moment. If I was to tell you what I like and what works for me and what I enjoy, what we're doing right now is my number one conversation, connection, communication with people who are open to giving to me, sharing with me, teaching me, leading me, but who are also open to receiving from me. I like to help people. I like to give because I, I that transaction is really... Um, it's for me, really. That transaction is for me. If I give something to you, I, I, I used to say this a lot with podcasting. It's selfish. For me, this whole thing is selfish. I bring people in here so I can learn and so I can help them. And both of those things are for me because if I help you, I feel really good. It's fulfilling. I feel a sense of purpose. I feel a sense of connection. And if you help me, that's good for me too. <laughs> so it's all good for me. And I hope that's the same for the person or the people who are sitting opposite me. So I start with conversation. I start with connection. I start with communication. And I started that before I ever knew how therapeutic it could be. So I started this podcast journey. I started to, I just wanted to speak to people in an environment. That's why I created this, this environment that we're, we're sitting in now, in an environment where there were no distractions and there was no real um baggage or programming for people. If we sit in somebody's kitchen, there's there's an element of programming for that person in that kitchen because they have baggage and experience and emotional connection with the kitchen. If, if we go to a, a, a very comfortable, neutral environment for that person, it's not good or bad. And in most cases, when you come to an environment like this, it's good because it's relaxing and it's calming and there's no baggage necessarily. So for me, this is where I always start. I start with connection and communication. And anybody who knows me who potentially might listen to this will laugh because this is a very new revelation for me because for the vast majority of my life, I was completely um, inept at effective, real, deep communication. So now I feel like I'm trying to catch up with myself for 30 years of not being able to communicate with people, either give or receive. So I hope that answers your question, but that's my go-to first port of call, communication, giving and receiving. And I, I'm seeing that as you're saying it, I'm... Also observing the TV, which a large percentage of humans have become addicted to the stimulation of a TV in the background, not necessarily focused on it, but in the background. And you have provided to these sensations. Maybe this is your sensation that you you require, or maybe it's for the being that's here. It's not so much for me. I don't require it, yet it doesn't take anything away. I can appreciate it. I love it. It's I, I, I genuinely do. I've chosen to love it. it. It's a choice. I could come in here and be like, we're being distracted by the fucking AI it's, or whatever. It's to feel where how far I've come with a, releasing the emotional storylines held in the body coming from awakenings, coming from experiencing 
enlightenment, which Juliet Carter would say, paraphrasing, the ability to receive light in the moment. The next moment you're not receiving it, you're not enlightened anymore. Mm-hmm. It's that literal moment of ability to receive it. And all the stories that technology wouldn't be able to transfer or the TV couldn't be there for us to awaken or heal or release and heal the pain body. They're all limiting stories that were probably the first in line after the awakening. Awakening comes in, a bit of a vibration of it. I was in Byron Bay in 2016. Deeply in love with this being named Isabel. Vegetarian. Blonde-haired Bob. She moved into my caravan for a few days. She wouldn't sleep with me. Fantastic. Challenge, challenge, challenge. Me eating my meat and beans and my chips and potatoes. No vegetables, only potatoes. All being shown to me. Everything she was was triggering me. She wouldn't have sex with me. So I couldn't get rid of her the next day. She was eating everything I wasn't. I was getting to see how much of a slob I was. Because she wasn't just seeing me that night when I was showing her a nice drink and showing her the nice romantic evening. She was there the next morning as well when we were making breakfast when I was not eating until midday and then getting a fucking kebab or something. And then she's going handpicking her organic one avocado, one carrot and a pot of hummus. And she slowly eats this over two hours. And I've gone and swallowed a fucking kebab and fucking um, shoulder closed deep in the pain body. And I get to see all this just by her being her. So I could very easily take on that the way she's doing it is the way. Very easy. I chose to see her as a mentor to me. And I chose not to attach to her. I could have attached to her, which I've done before. She taught me she wasn't available to be attached to because she was going to love the next person that was going to pass by again. She wasn't available for me to take her. Amazing teacher for me. That initiated, three months later, I stopped eating meat. Started eating vegetables. She held me accountable. She'd call me every evening and see what's, tell me the vegetable of the day for me to start it again. Just chewing a little bit of it with other things mixed in to slowly reintegrate after potentially having some traumatic experiences in my body. Remembering my babysitter's husband getting a vice grips in a carrot and trying to shove it down my throat because he thought that that was the way. Those stories only came from her deeply listening to me and asking me, so why don't you eat vegetables? But like, and when I give her the shallow, silly answer, she's like, no, tell me, why don't you eat vegetables? I'm really asking me and listening to me. I didn't feel I had that in my life, someone who really listened. And when I gave them the shit answer, they were like, that's not good enough. What is this? I love you so much. I won't have sex with you. I love you so much. I want to know why you're not fueling your body that when I leave next week, that you're still going to be fueling yourself when I'm gone. And I got to experience a whole other depth of love that was not awakened in my life. So for me, that's an awakening. And that's the the root theme of Spin Frequency Podcast. And I've been wondering and wandering through this and reminding myself again of what is Spin 
frequency podcast. It's awakening. It's speaking about what, what are we not willing to talk about right now on the topic of emotions and shame, man-to-man brotherhood. What's coming up that we're not willing to talk about that we will talk about? And how can we communicate gently with each other and allow everyone that's listening into this silky recording that's been frequency you've never experienced before where your attention is just gathered and you just want to do you're just going to be organizing your day around listening to the rest of this podcast just where you can be to listen to this because it's so perfectly gorgeous with this gorgeous road mic in front of me and these headphones i feel like any bit of spectrum aut- autism is just being fed perfectly i'm so supported i'm like <laughs> dad's just holding me up like baby Jesus, like everything's okay. Just receive and give light right now. <laughs> I'm like spitting in this chair as I'm saying it. Like I feel so at home. Anything come up for you there? Or maybe edges that you haven't gone into in communication as I speak into that kind of awakening energy? What's, um, what's funny to me is that you asked me about podcasting when we were on our call together and you wanted to learn. And I said something to you before we started this podcast today about you, you've, you've already, um, you've already established what I believe is the core fundamental kind of cornerstone of this type of podcast, this conversational style podcast. And it's really being willing to listen, first of all, obviously to listen and engage with the person who's opposite you, but to be vulnerable, to share in a way that's not narcissistic, that's not look at me and all my sad stories and you're looking for something, you're looking for some sort of validation or a pat on the head or a hug or something because you're you're sharing for me. You're sharing to help me understand you and by extension, maybe I can then pour into that bowl as well and share my experiences. So to answer your question, what what strikes me as you're speaking is not a, not something, it's more of a limitation of mine. It's that I am not in the kind of space where I feel as easy to express my, my, my shame or my discomfort or even describe that relationship you described with that, with that girl. You wanted to have sex with her and she didn't want to have sex with you. That's not an easy thing to say. It's not an easy thing to say, even when you're talking to another fella, but especially on microphone. So what, what strikes me is not something specific. It's a limitation in myself that I'm aware of and I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed and I, I really appreciate your ability to do that. And it's something I'm learning from you and people like yourself who I speak to. It's something I want to lean into more. I want to grow into that more. And again, not to be narcissistic, not to just talk about myself, but to to share. And this is actually something my fiance Jill says to me all the time. And to be fair to her, she said it from day one, you should share more of yourself because other people will receive that and it will, it will help them. Either it'll help them share or it'll help them learn about themselves. So it's not doing it for yourself. We've got some lovely ASMR bottled water in the background here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's not, she, she said to me, it's not for yourself. It's for it is for you, but it's also for other people because by you being vulnerable, you open up a safe space for other people to be vulnerable with you and you actually are serving other people by being vulnerable. It's something I, I didn't understand for the longest time, but hearing you say it to me right now in my studio, in my safe place, this is my position of power. You're here and you're being vulnerable with me, even though it's my environment. 
I, I, I know she's right because I can feel myself going, I want to contribute to this now. I, I want to share now. And I, I'm not sure where to start. I'm not sure what to share, but I want to share. Um, so that's the overwhelming emotion that I feel, the, the thoughts that I'm getting as I, as I listen to you speak like this. It's, uh, it's admirable. I know, I, I know why you're doing it because we've, we've connected several times and it isn't our first time speaking. But it's highlighted a, a weakness. Not, maybe not a weakness. It's highlighted an area that I, I'm not proficient in or haven't practiced. In the men's circles that I'm in at the moment, um, just a reminder for the listeners, um, Circle Up. Um, the book is called Man You Know I Got You, um, written by Jonathan Andrews. It'll be linked in the description. And I'm on week seven of the men's circle, which I judged as feeling maybe like, maybe it's a bit of an AA meeting. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a bit too much support. And in so many ways, it is too much support. It's fucking brilliant. You're held so much. It's great. And... I've remembered so many communication skills and little tools in the toolbox that allows me to sit with you so, in so much more ease right now. I don't feel I would have been ready to talk to you maybe a couple of months ago. And I'm really ready now. And the way you've communicated there, you, you, did, the exact th- you did the exact thing that you're talking about. Oh. You, 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 you went into the edge and shared. You haven't told a specific thing. You, you haven't got to the point. There's no fucking point. Yeah. It's when you get into those emotional, curvy, feminine realms, it's often a curve of a tangent that you're just going to weave in and out. And because like we talked about earlier about the, the tier system, to get to the top of the tier from the bottom, you may not need to climb that ladder. You may need to go to the bottom, to the top, to the middle and over and back in something that doesn't need, really make sense. And then that picture story comes in or that trauma or something comes in and you're like, how the fuck was it hiding in there? Uh-huh. How many... Uh, I've maybe it's Gabor Mate that speaks about this paraphrasing again what would it take to remember quote straight however about stories create beliefs so in a moment where we hold an emotion and we don't allow the emotion to flow coming from maybe paraphrasing Eckhart Tolle we're not the emotions we're not the thoughts we're the ones the one observing it's like asking the question what thought is going to come next Silence. It's no thoughts. You've observed the, the mind. You've realized you're not the mind. Gabor Mate would say, the moment you hold that story where I could create a story right now, your elbows like this, and it's like, is he trying to man me out right now? Is he like saying him his biceps bigger than mine? And then I hold that, and then I go home tonight, and I start pumping fucking iron all night, just try to get the arms bigger. And that could be a response, because I love how you're showing up as a man. But if that's me comparing myself to you and competing to you and I hold that story, then that could be a belief. For me to become a better podcaster and to have a room like this, I need to get bigger biceps to, to, to grow in that way. Then that could be a belief. Then I ring up my men, my other brothers, and say, you've got to get these fucking biceps to grow in your job. because, And then that's a belief. And then I start to see my mannerisms then go. Yeah. I start becoming a fucking Jesus Share, fucking sharing the belief of everything. No longer in the observance of flexibility, of like being able to flick information and kind of being able to dance with it. I'm then fucking owning it. And not maybe not in such a healthy way of owning something. Maybe where I need you to know that because because I've believed that bicep, I've got to believe it. And if you don't believe it, shit, my story might fall down. Therefore, we've got a great opportunity while listening to hear people's stories and to hear their love watch their facades drop, see their love and awaken 
We are opportunities. We experience the opportunity to deep listen, conscious listen. Let go of all the stories where I don't even know what I said in the last minute, which are potential stories. And really get into the root of what's actually happening right now. Where we're at. Get into the deep juice. True, you not validating me. Validation has a space. Acknowledgement has a space. All these things have a space. However, we can consciously listen and really deep ravel and get into a felt sense. So a uh, one men's circle that I actually recorded on the podcast. My beautiful brother, Michael. Oh, I love you, Michael. He left me a t-shirt in my tent and a love note when he left. I love him. He's, he's an older version of me. Dad figure. We recorded a men's circle in Guatemala in the yoga forest. Ten men in a circle randomly came together and they all agreed to record it. And Michael recommended that we speak from the felt sense. So instead of, I did this, stories, stories, whatever, he says, speak from felt. I'm feeling tension tension in the lower back. I'm breathing into that tension in my lower back and I'm moving my sacral. I wonder what's going on in this feeling. So it's inquiry into a feeling. It's not that, have you got tension in your lower back? Am I feeling that pain? In, 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 am I feeling your pain right now into that blaming I story? It's like, there's something going on in here. I'm aware of this. And it takes the ego out of it completely. It allows you to be in that felt sense. So you're then observing. So again, you're, I'm not that feeling. I'm experiencing the feeling in the lower back and it's still there as I'm talking right now. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's kidneys. Maybe I haven't drank enough water. Maybe it's the coffee. These are all possibilities, but I'll stay in the question. Probably after I get off this mic and you start talking, it'll free up because it's probably bringing up the exact information we're going to talk about. And it's just probably about the ground. Who knows what it's going to be? Lanarai, Moshe Dehele. I have a question for you. <laughs> Because, as I said, because I'm a novice when it comes to to to, to self awareness, I I I struggle sometimes to put a name. Do you know all this personal development kind of enlightenment awakening? Those phrases come loaded. They come so loaded with um, cliches that oftentimes they can scare me or my friends or my family or people who could really benefit from a men's circle, for example. They can scare us away because we get, we were laughing earlier on about you, you coming in dressed in your comfortable, flowy, leopard, baggy trousers and how much I appreciate that. But how does a stereotype attached to the way a person dresses or the word holistic I mentioned earlier on or sharing or a men's circle, does a stereotype attached to that that can present a barrier and presented a barrier for me for a long time and can present, present a barrier for people to actually engage with things that could really will really help them. When you are surrounded by people who are engaging in men's circles or coming for meditation practices, do you see that in these people or are these people who have already overcome those barriers? How are these people, how are they getting there? How are they coming to you? How, are they, how do they arrive at these circles, at these spaces? Is it, is it crisis time? Is it red alert, press the big panic button, I have no other option, I'm going to go try this? Are, are they being call that are being drawn I'm, I'm really curious about because I, I I've explained briefly to you earlier on how I came to this journey and now all I want to do is explore more and have more conversations and go deeper and I'm, I'm, a, I'm looking for it but the people that you have I interacted with 
and through the circles, through your travels, who, who come to these groups and who engage in these conversations? Who, who are they? Like, where do they come from? What, what inspires that? They are guests on this podcast and they have varied from, I won't say in the men's circle, we've learned something about confidentiality. We're not allowed to talk about the story of the other man or his name, but we're allowed to speak about our own experience. So I experienced a man from my experience who was, from my experience, showing suicidal um, awarenesses, as well as other people in as a family. I was experiencing suicide and suicide. So house, a house with regular thoughts of suicide and not just one person in the house. And the men's circle being a place for him to go to every week and for him just to drop with a structure. In that structure, we have a mud room at the beginning. The mud room is where we break out into rooms of potentially five rooms with two men. You know before, if you want to check, if you're someone that needs to know. And we're a team. We've called ourselves the 11 Kings. We're now called the Zero Heroes because there's only 10 of us. <laughs> One man has pulled out. And the mud room allows you just to clear the pipes. Like whatever it is. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, you're holding your baby today and you're experiencing the thoughts that you're just constantly going to let her fall. And in, instead of navigating that, you identified with it and you pushed her away and you left her in the cock crying for hours. And you don't know why. The pipes get cleared. You say it all and you realize you're not that feckin' thing that told the mind that you're going to drop that baby. Something came in there and made you believe that you were that and you stopped turning up as love to your family. But the minute you chose to go to that men's circle, you chose to be loved to your family again. And that man, after clearing his pipes in the mud room about fear of dropping his baby, then gets a chance to go into the game next section, which a different man does each week, gets an opportunity to step into his uncomfort zone. Last week, one of the men brought in breathwork. Some of the men in the group never did breathwork ever before. We've got a doctor. We've got an accountant. We've got an IT manager. We've got an Airbnb host. Everyday men. I'm an everyday man as well. When I'm there, I'm meeting them the same place I meet them. And I make it my mission to turn up there as vulnerably as I can. For myself, first of all. And in turn, the more vulnerable I am, the more vulnerable usually they get. So in, in a way, it's kind of like my, my little, it gives me the little cheeky grin to me. How vulnerable can I get now? Because I know they'll go that deep as well. And they don't even know that they're going to do it. Because by me willing to go to a depth of awareness automatically allows that other man to go to that depth of awareness. And it never, never usually makes sense. We've got one man in the men's circle. He lifts weights every day. He's a doctor in the intensive care unit. He balances that with his home life, with structure. He talks about being married, the struggles of all that. Then you have the IT manager that's struggling to turn up to his wife at all. All these kind of experiences, all these storylines that probably res resonate with you, the listener, of all these different places where we're supporting each other in realizing that all the emotions and stories are mud. Get yourself in a mud room. Clear the mud. However you do that. Whether that be the ocean whether that be in a cave, whether that be rolling on the ground, running, talking to your brother, whatever it is, clear the mud. 
Because if you're full of mud, you've probably identified with all those stories and you're walking around believing you're those things. And therefore your children then and anyone that meets you is going to be meeting a lot of mud. They're not going to be meeting you. So it's your responsibility if you choose to clear a bit of that mud every day. And you may have something that you really love and you haven't allowed it to become the thing you do most in your day. You haven't allowed it to become your job. You haven't allowed it to become your hobby that you practice each day. Maybe the things that you say you love, maybe you don't love them so much. Maybe the thing that you love, you say that you're not able to do, but you are actually able to do it. And maybe there's someone you're inspired by that's doing it already. Can you listen to their podcast? Can you give them a call and that person that you feel competition with, your brother-in-law, and every time you meet for dinner with them, you're always trying to put them down. Why are you putting them down? Do you actually want to be like him? Do you get annoyed when he flirts with your wife? He's, when he's flirting with your wife, he's showing you. Go over to him, talk to him after and ask him how he flirts so well. Get him to show you. Have you that ability to show up? Be cheeky with your life. Don't be so defensive. You don't need to be. Be bold. We're children. We can literally be that bold. Every man and woman out there is offering you an opportunity to see a mirror of yourself everywhere you go. And every time you get into blame or judging someone else, they're usually probably showing you yourself. And that's usually the aha moments people have from psychedelics is realizing they're walking around looking at themselves, doing different movements. It's a big dance floor of watching yourself doing different dance moves. <laughs> and that's usually the big aha of why you'll fucking love everyone. <laughs> that is so funny that you just finished on that point because I was gearing up. That was the next word out of my mouth. The aha moment that I had was the first time I experienced psychedelics, which is recently enough. And it, the, the the big, there was many takeaways, many takeaways for me from that. From those experiences were life-changing. But the aha moment was you are just me. All of these people are just me. And I used to use a word without knowing why. The word was avatar. And I used this originally in the context of my relationship with my partner. And I was like, my avatar is just dealing with her avatar. And what I mean by avatar is this, the collection of behaviors and protections and armor and... um display that I use as a front for what's actually underneath and I send this avatar out into the world. It used to remind me, did you ever see the movie with Bruce Willis years ago? It's called, uh, I think it's called Surrogates or something like that. Something like that. I'm getting probably getting the name wrong. But essentially, you stay at home and you put on this virtual headset and this robot that looks exactly like you goes out and lives your life for you but it's much safer to send the robot out than actually send you because you're very vulnerable so you could go out there and you could die but we'll send your robot out and when I saw this first like 15 years ago I was like I feel like that's what I'm doing I feel like I'm waking up every day and I'm sending this version of myself out there for people to see and maybe it's the, it's, it's the mud I'm, I've created this thing out of mud the mud that you just described there and this mud monster is going out there and it's meeting other people's mud monsters and we have all these like the brother-in-law we have all these interactions as mud monsters as avatars so it's not really me interacting with you but when I ha had the psychedelic experience I could see that I was like that's not me this whole idea of ego dissolution I was like the avatar is the ego thing I was thinking of it's all the things I think I am all the behaviors I have, all the, the, the programming and the, the baggage I have, that's the ego. That's what I now see as the ego. 
in, in, in a negative way. And that goes out there and everybody meets, everybody's, everybody's avatar meets my avatar and they all have their arguments. And then, but then all I really absorb from that interaction is the negatives. I don't really absorb any positives because um, Michael's avatar meets my avatar and Michael's avatar says something that was not intended as an insult or a hurt. But like you said, with the bicep thing, I, 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 all I take from that interaction is I download the negative from my avatar and I take that into my heart and I just g- kind of grow bitter and I grow angry and I grow upset and, and then I send my avatar on to another, another interaction. So no one's actually connecting with me, but I'm downloading all this negativity from every experience and I don't even know that. So when I had the aha, I was like, now I know. Now, I've, now I can see it. It didn't change anything immediately, but now I could see it. I was aware. So the next time I had an interaction with a person, there was a thought that was never there before. And the thought was, something's happening here on a different, this this is not the actual interaction I'm having with this person. So maybe observe this. And you've constantly spoken about observing your thoughts. I know Eckhart Tolle talks about being an observer. I'm an observer. I never knew what that meant until I had that psychedelic experience. And I was like, that's what it means you're just me and it's like we're both sitting here watching our avatars at the dinner table fighting with each other one up in each other competing with each other we're actually sitting over here the two of us and we're watching watching these two robots fighting with each other and you're not aware of it maybe I, I didn't used to be aware of it, but now I'm so hyper aware of it now I sit in a group of people or I sit having a conversation and I'm like there's, there's two things happening here. There's the avatars having a conversation and then there's me and this person and this person is just me. They're just a reflection of me. They are the pain and the trauma and the hurt and the energy and the happiness and the sadness. It's just me. So that, that it's, it's so funny you went to that because it was the psychedelic experience that I always had a suspicion. Like when I saw that movie 15 years ago, I had a suspicion. I was like, nobody's really being honest with each other or themselves, which is the, more, the most important thing. So it was just a suspicion, but the, the psychedelic experience was the confirmation for me and it was the start of a very different type of journey for me because then we speak about integration then it was about okay now you have the information now what are you going to do with it and for a long time I did nothing I just repeated the same behaviors and it's almost worse then because then you have an awareness that you're repeating the same behaviors and that's that's traumatic in itself because now I'm doing it and I'm aware that I'm doing it and I'm still doing it and that's painful. So add that into the big pile of shit that I'm carrying around every day. Now I have an awareness that I'm hurting other people or hurting myself and I can't do anything about it. So then it becomes, okay, well, how do I do something about it? And this is why I, why I ask you, I didn't know this for 30 years of my life. And I asked you, how do people go to these um, sharing circles, men's circles, um, plant medicine ceremonies, yoga retreats, I see nowadays, if I look at the beach, hundreds, thousands of people down there. And the vast majority don't know why they're there. They're called, they're drawn down to an energy. They see people getting in the water and releasing something. They see people doing breath work. Why has Wim Hof all of a sudden become a household name? Whereas no one was talking about breath work five years ago, 10 years ago. It's because people are desperate for something, I think. I don't like to speak for people, but I get a feeling that a lot of people are desperate for something. I've had an aha, and now I'm really curious as to, I, I, I never, ever say to people, I never advise people to do anything, to, to do psychedelics, breath work, anything. I, I try and channel information. 
So I bring people in on my podcast, for example, that's my go-to. And if somebody has a, a tip on health or wellness or nutrition or psychedelics or mindfulness or spirituality or identity or purpose, I bring them in. I try and understand it. And then I do it on this microphone. So then it's channeled. And then I get feedback from people saying, that was amazing. I've implemented this thing. I'm like, oh, there's, that's a full circle. And I feel really good. I've learned. I've channeled the information. This person who's extremely valuable and educated has gotten the information out there. But it's really slow and really small scale. And I think about this a lot. How do, how does John, John is just a, a representation of the vast majority of men I've met in my entire life. It's just, just a, a random name for a person who is the person, the average person you would meet, John, Mary. How does John or Mary recognize that if they go to a mudroom, first of all, how do they find out mudroom exists? But if they go to a mudroom, this is what's going, this is what's available for them. I won't say this is what's going to happen, but this is, this is out there. My, my uh, frustration, I suppose is a good word at the moment, is watching this world and watching people scream and shout and argue about irrelevant things. O under the guise of things that are very important. So for example, poverty or racism or uh, gender inequality, which are very important things for us to think about, but it's just a smokescreen for people's internal traumas. They join these movements, they outsource their anger and hurt and frustration and trauma, they outsource it to a group and the group becomes politicized and they think, this is me now. I am a, and they wear the badge and they fight the cause. But they haven't actually dealt with anything on an internal basis. So I'm really, really interested. I'm curious, hence the, <laughs> the whole theme of, of, of your season here. I'm curious as to how do you make that connection? And the answer that I've gotten, which I've accepted is probably the best way, is you don't make anybody do anything. You can't lead anybody anywhere. You, I heard this phrase the other day there, you build the campfire. You, you, you do you. You create, you live, you experience, you grow, you evolve. And then when people are in the right mindset or time of their life, they will see, they'll sense the light and the warmth from your campfire and they'll be drawn to you. And then, then they'll benefit from you and you'll benefit from them. So is, is that your experience? Is that, have, you, have you noticed this difficulty because you, you see the population and you see the hurt and the pain and the trauma and the anger and the frustration and everything that's in there? And you know, because you have a knowing. I know you have a knowing because I can see it in your eyes that there are ways that these people can find peace. Michael, they are taking you away. Johnny, 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 be good. Johnny, 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 be good. Johnny, Johnny. Well, Johnny, let's start. Placing your, first of all, picking up your left hand and giving Johnny in the mirror a thumbs up. And taking that thumb and bringing it to your left nostril and closing your left nostril. I'm guiding you, by the way, now, if you're, if you're safe to receive this guidance, if you're not driving. And press pause and stop the side of the road. If that's available to you, do it now. Gently, look in the mirror first. Breathe in the right nostril. And just hold at the top, just feel. 
and breathe out slowly and just be aware of how blocked or open your nostril is. And again. Feel the tension in that left fist that you're holding your thumb in and breathe out and let it go. And now take that thumb away. And th thumb, thumbs up in the mirror again, Johnny. Thumbs up with the right thumb. Thumb to the right nostril. And breathe in the left nostril. Now at the top, hold for seven seconds. Be aware of blinking. Gently. And let go of that thumb and let it relax and just go back to natural breathing in the nose. How do you feel? How do I feel? Struggling to breathe from my right nostril. I broke my nose two weeks ago, so I can't really breathe from my right nostril. I feel uh, I feel like I just went to like nine on my energy level and you've brought me back down to three or four, which is great. I get really into the emotions of this. And that's the thing for Johnny, is like having the space to really go into them. And some people, some, sometimes Johnny goes to the pub and he has someone that's kind of to his side that looks at him every five seconds that hears him. Maybe it's just becoming aware of your mudrooms. Johnny probably has a mudroom already. And maybe by him becoming aware of that mudroom, whether that's his wife or that's Paul in the bar or the barmaid or whoever it is. And to realize how much that person loves you that's listening to you. And you might become aware that you're shitting on people a little bit. And you might become grateful for those people. And it might bring in some kindness to those people because they've been listening to you all along and trusting. And when it comes to men, the old story is, and maybe true for some and not for others, is every woman that's with a man feels that she's going to change him. And he never changes. And every man that meets a woman feels that she's going to stay the same and she always changes. Men can change. And we're actually changing in every moment. Every moment we've infinite layers of emotions and it depends on what you own them and it depends on what you have the ability to regulate yourself so when you do get up and in the emotions and in a spin that you can trust in love trust in the creativity put down the tools lie on the ground for a few minutes to have these little moments in the day can be mad try and get yourself to lie down for 30 seconds in the day make that attention for yourself tomorrow lie down for 30 seconds that might be easy for you. For some man, that might be very difficult. Watch what comes up. Watch what's... Who's holding that hand? When you're holding that thumb to your nose, who's gripping that fist? When you become aware of that fist and it drops, what dropped out of it? Just becoming aware of it. You don't need to work any of that out. But what the fuck is that? It brings in what the fuck is that? And then your conversations that you have then completely change. Then you're holding the hand and then automatically then you want to start going to dance classes because you find yourself as you're letting go of tension and becoming aware. You're more of a dancer than a, than a human. 
Because we're more just like becoming aware of emotions and moving with them than we are solid in a moment. And that doesn't mean you can't be still. And just recognize what's going on in the body. Recognition of who you are. To feel. To really feel what's going on. Like I, I feel tears coming up now as I'm saying this. As The more I'm willingness, willing to share this as I feel like you don't want to hear this. So the mind right now is telling me that Dan doesn't want to hear this. The mind is telling me that, you, John, Johnny, you don't want to hear this. So I can ask that question. Is it okay for me to keep speaking, Dan? 100%. So, so straight away, I feel safe. I feel grounded a bit more in the sit bones now. I got permission. So I can let go of the thoughts. Or as a skill or a tool, I can also ask the question. Are you feeling, are you thinking this way about me right now? And sometimes I've asked that question and the person has said, yes, I don't have space to hear you anymore. I'm so full. I don't even know how to receive anymore. Fantastic. Opened a whole new layer of dialogue. We, we could be going around having these no available conversations for our whole lives where we're going around full up air balloons where we're, hey, how are you? And there's no space for any more because you're thinking about your whole day. Because if you stop thinking for one moment, it might all fall apart. Imagine a reality where you could have a day of structure and a day of plans, but you could be fully aware in the moment. That is definitely possible. I didn't think it was true. I thought I had to eradicate everything in my life and have no job and no partner, no kids, no responsibilities to be this recognition that I'm speaking into. And I got that, but it was lacking. I wasn't giving out. I wasn't giving myself the space to be seen in my shadows. I was seeing them. I was seeing the imposter. I was observing this thing feeding my mouth. Not me. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop the thing that was putting food in my mouth. And... There, that, that may be pretty weird, weird or odd linguistics, what I've just said. It's like multiple personalities or maybe bipolar or mania or any of these things. Becoming aware of the mind may seem like mania. And I have experienced stories from people that they're afraid to go into the spiritual world or enlightenment world in the fear of becoming insane. They're afraid of going into the mental hospital and the story of what that is on TV and our parents that have been given antidepressants or have been told whatever, all the reasons why you stay strong. Don't let that mental illness come in. That's hit different families in different ways. It's definitely hit my family in a lot of ways. But the thing is, 10 years ago, that thing told my dad to get a rope and put it around his neck and take his, where the recognition had no, no voice anymore. The recognition had no space. So that's why I'm on the mic asking the questions of Dan when I think he wants to tell me to shut up and wants to beat me up. When, when I'm thinking that, 
And even though I'm aware I'm not the mind, even when it comes in again and I'm tensing up because he wants to beat me up and I can ask, do you want to beat me up? And he smiles at me and he's like, I wasn't thinking that, bro. And he wasn't. It was the mind. How many of us are walking around thinking people are thinking things? Thinking that one is thinking this and not actually communicating about it. A lot to answer the question directly. That to actually say that to a person, for you to say that to me, could be interpreted, and it was for me for a long time. If I was to tell you that I had, I thought you were going to make fun of me because of I have no hair, for example, to make it relevant to me. For me to say that to you, to me, and I'm using this directly from my experience, I'm not trying to say that anybody else feels like this, but for me, that would have felt like an admission of weakness within me to tell you that I had a fear and that you were the cause of that fear. And I mentioned to you that our good friend, Dara Stewart, used this phrase, brother wounds. And when he said that, that word that I'd never heard before in my life, that's what I thought about. I had a fear that if I said to you, You're, you, you, are, you are you going to make fun of my hair? Are you, are you going to physically attack me in some way? Are you going to undermine me or make fun of me, if I said that I'd be admitting to you, another man, another brother, that you had a power over me and that would make me weak. And I didn't want to give you that power. Now, it's totally different to me. I still feel it every single day because I walk around in the world and I, I, I see the challenge from people and I know, I recognize it for what it is. It's a defense mechanism. It's not actually a challenge on me. So I'm okay with it now. I'm okay with the challenge. You see me five years ago. I'd rise to the challenge. My avatar, my, my mood, my, my robot would rise to the challenge and that wouldn't do me any good. It was toxic for me. It wasn't like a healthy, because I'm a, a really strong proponent of healthy challenge for yourself because I believe that type of challenge is growth and it could be emotional challenge, spiritual challenge, physical challenge. I'm a big believer in physical challenge as, as a form of growth, but this wasn't healthy. I would immediately respond and rise to a challenge to my manhood and my masculinity and my sense of being. And I'd go aggressively the opposite direction. And now I know that the other person would then respond to that as a, as a threat to their entire existence. So I understand from personal experience why people, why we as people, I should say, I should use that language more, we as people struggle to verbalize these things. And you doing that to me doesn't make me, you saying to me, do you, do you want me to keep talking? Are you, are you going to beat me up? Or doesn't make me think, oh, yes, Michael is intimidated. I win. I win the battle. It makes me really appreciative that you've expressed that and you've given me space to say, no, 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 not at all. And I apologize if I, if I gave off some vibe that made you feel that way. That's not what I was intending. And I know, I know it's, I'm maybe extrapolating that that whole thing out a little bit here, but I really do understand why it's so difficult for people, for us, to 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 verbalize that. And verbalizing is the extreme. To even acknowledge that in our own heads, to acknowledge walking in like any anybody who's listening here and the type of people who listen to these podcasts are probably on some sort of journey anyway. But if this resonates with you, you walk into a room and there's other men or women in that room, depending on where you're coming from. And you immediately feel intimidated from something that your brain is telling itself. This person has a nicer, 
watch than me. This person has bigger biceps than me. This this girl has nicer hair than me. Uh, this person has a nicer body than me. This person is funnier than me. This person is more charismatic than me. And no one has said or done anything. And you've walked into that room and immediately put yourself at a disadvantage. So the natural reaction with a lot of people is to over-exaggerate all of those different elements to try and compensate for weaknesses you've spotted in yourself compared to these other people. And then all of these other people potentially could respond to you. And it creates this cauldron of overwhelming emotion. So most of us have a default. Um, def the shamanic experience in the circle at another point I may. That's what I, I was required. So the set and setting may not always make sense. But if it doesn't feel good and aligned, don't do it. The good and alignment will come. And you can say no to a couple of opportunities for the psychedelics, for the yes with the psychedelics. 100%. They're 100% an incredible gateway into the layers that are not you that have a hold of you. But only one of many ways. It begins with literally asking yourself, what thought am I going to think next? It can be as simple as that. And it can also be, as Terence McKenna calls it, her heroic dose of uh -huh. um, mycelium and go fully into the, the reality completely changing its form in front of, you of your eyes. I've never gone that deep into a psychedelic trip where the, the whole reality changed that much. I became aware of the lightness of everything and the connection of everything, but things didn't become geometric or like different reality. Things just lightened up. I've been very tiptoey into psychedelics. I've been, I'm very sensitive already. I'm, uh, a puff of marijuana sends me into where um, I had an experience the weekend where I had a puff of marijuana and other people were in a circle of acid and I could resonate with the things that they were, they were experiencing. And just to witness what Juliet, what character recalls the, the, the silent evolution of the urban shaman, she calls it. And to be a body and soul the weekend and see this silent revolution of the urban shaman, it's fucking amazing. These little, not little, these circles that are happening amongst people that are just gorgeous. They're holding each other. The stories that the seshes where people are taking drugs for days on end and it's taken over people's lives with these drugs, certain drugs, what people have been taking, I don't know what they are, and this projection that they're only that. That is a reality. There is other realities to psychedelics and to drugs that can be very, very supportive. However, back to the overwhelm. He got a sword out in the overwhelm when we were in Hobbitanango in Guatemala, which is a, re a, a retake of the Lord of the Rings, Hobbiton. All the, the same pot bar, the same huts, everything very similar. And he was dressed up as Gandalf, which he didn't even have to dress. See, that's just him. And myself and Jonathan, the hobbits, which we just were already, elven hobbits with our pointy ears. And they brought me on a journey at, in that space and we had some mycelium. And fuck me, they took me in. They guided me, the two of them. Jonathan being the, the writer of Man You Know I Got You and Ian being an amazing rapper. You'll find them in the episodes, the conversations, probably about six conversations. 
Jonathan sending you big love at the moment. Jonathan has forgotten the ability of how to walk. His muscles have dissipated in a lot of ways. He's literally remembering how to sit up and walk again. He's had major ner nervous system experiences. He's on the healing journey, so sending him lots of love. Anyone listening to this, Gains, any, any awarenesses on nervous system support, um, feel free to email it through to me, spinfrequencypodcast.gmail.com. And the overwhelm came up. And it came to me at the toilet. I was on the, just at the toilet and the whole thing was, everything was too much. Every, every voice was too much. Every, every bit of wind outside was hurting me. It was like everything. I was so full. First of all, Ian said, what do you need? And I was in such a place that I couldn't even say what I needed. I was just like, ah, 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 ah. Like that was, and he knew that was me saying, I need you to be here beside me because I was just pointing at him with noises. He just put his hand on my shoulder and he said, would you be willing to know that this overwhelm is, is potentially a program? Would you be willing to allow that awareness just to sit with you? I said, so I met some noise that was just because I was so... And I barfed it up. Barfed it up. Like all the way down from my testes all the way to my mouth just like and they were dense thick strict forms in the body like they were like versions of me what felt like beliefs of what whatever that overwhelm was they were holding patterns within me that were held deep with belief and by him asking me that question and not knowing anything just have been like I'm, I'm willing to be aware of what's going on here so many layers come up. And I used to hit that overwhelm a lot. And I used to feel like I used to overwhelm people a lot because I felt I could get overwhelmed. Therefore, then I was feeling that I could overwhelm others. By letting go of that program, which still pops up, I now have the communication abilities to move through the overwhelm, to harmonize. If the energy is getting too high, to regulate and bring it down. To not be a victim to a program that makes you just one identity, therefore no longer a fluctuating energetic being that's moving and shifting with its environment. You then become that. And when you become that strictness in one thing, you only receive awarenesses for that form. You no longer receive awarenesses or no, it's like law of attraction, what people call you attract the thing that you are. So if you are just overwhelmed, that's all you're going to get in unless you want to become aware of the overwhelm. And someone might ask, how do you become aware? Well, I could say to you, is there the possibility there could be some tension in your right hand and the finger that's touching your cheek? Yeah. So what did it mean there to become aware of that? It took me out of the unconscious tension. And maybe it's like when someone says, you carry a lot of your tension in your shoulders. You become aware that you're like this. Whereas two seconds before, it was still there, but you weren't aware of it. You were just experiencing it. So that's like when you said to me there, I could feel a little bit of, not tension, but a bit of firmness in my hand that I wasn't aware was there. So you brought my attention to it. Well, I didn't have the capacity to be aware of it myself. So I feel like that's very useful. You're very good at um, finding useful bits 
in your listeners that you repeat after they speak often and you're, it's something that you can give to the listener that they can tangibly bring into their life. Can you take something from what I just shared in that spin since you stopped talking and something that you feel is tangible that you could bring into your life or you could recommend the listeners? Yes, because something stood out to me really, there's loads, by the way, there's many, many things. And when I listen back to this, I'll I, I pull all of them out. But the the really powerful emotion I experienced there was very interesting to me because I'm very sorry to hear about your dad, by the way. I don't think I've said that to you yet. Um, and I understand when you explained to me that desire for male connection and support, the desire to support and be supported and held by other men. I didn't have that experience. My, my, I have a good relationship with my dad and still do. And I'm very lucky and I'm grateful for that. But I still really resonate with what you've explained about that desire for connection with other men. And if I was to answering your question while, while explaining why this means to me, I've learned through my own psychedelic experiences, something that you've just corroborated for me there, that by holding, by serving and by by opening that space for other men, it's interesting because even if I use these words, right, I know that people in my life, men in my life, would immediately have this, a real discomfort listening to what I'm saying now because they're like, that sounds, and when, when I say these words, you've said them before, that sounds really gay. <laughs> It, there's a, there's a, a fear, there's a terrifying fear within a man if he says a word like, I want to hold space for another man, that he's admitting something about himself that he doesn't even know and it's terrifying his whole life is a lie and his relationship is a lie and spirals <laughs> off into this madness, you know? So even as I'm saying these words, there's residual discomfort with me saying the words and I know if some of my friends listen to this, they're going to be uncomfortable and their default is going to be, it's a bit gay. Ah, maybe I won't listen to that and they'll push the headphones away or they'll press pause or something like that. But if I was to take practical advice and thank you for the compliment on, 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 on that ability I have to, to share with people. But it's again, it's for me because if I, if I reframe it or, or, or repeat it, it ingrains it more for me. I, I want to learn these things. I don't want this conversation to be a conversation that happens in isolation and disappears off into the ether of podcasts and I never actually do anything about it. And because I've learned a lot about integration from psychedelics as well. <laughs> you can do you can do the thing and then you gotta do the thing. <laughs> you gotta do all the things. You gotta integrate. You have to practice. So holding space, opening space, approaching Gary in a safe way, I feel is really powerful and very practical. Bring Gary, we're using Gary as an example here. Gary is the guy at the kitchen table. Bring Gary out of the environment where he's, recognize the environment where he's likely to be threatened and remove that threat. Bring him to a different environment. Be vulnerable, open up yourself. Be, be very, very open, non-threatening. Whatever you recognize would help Gary and then present him with an option and leave it there for Gary. You have said that in multiple different ways there. Your, your experience with Ian, um, you, your experience in the men's circles, your own interpretation of your own needs from men. You've said it in several different ways. And I'm taking that as if you can be of service, if you can open that safe space, if you can present options for the Garys, 
and the Marys, but we're talking about the Garys here, that in turn is going to help you get what you need. And it's not the only reason you're doing it. You're doing it to help Gary, but it in turn will help you with a deeper connection and you being able to occupy that safe space as well with Gary and that reciprocal agreement that we're both men here, but we're not here to challenge each other. We're here to help each other. We're here as brothers. We're here as we, we can, we can touch each other again. That's a, that, that sentence I just said there has, has so many connotations to people. They what are we, why are we touching other men? What are we touching for? I've always been extremely physical in my sporting. I always enjoyed the physical contact, co- contact in a completely non-sexual way with other men. I enjoy wrestling. I enjoy sh- shaking hands, arms around the shoulders, holding, holding people, by, by other men by the shoulders, da- dancing in a completely non-sexual way. And I enjoy that. And saying that is weird because I can feel the discomfort in the back of my head going, oh, don't say that, don't say that, no, 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 you're gay. <laughs> it's, it's weird, man. But again, just to, to try and answer your question, to try, to try and keep it on that track, there's so much for me in that interaction with another, like here, we're doing it right now. We're doing it right now. You've created a safe space for me on your podcast and I've created a safe space for you in my studio and we're sharing that experience together and I am, I am, learning and benefiting and growing and I'm also being challenged you've challenged me you've, you've directly asked me things you haven't just let me flow through this conversation saying whatever I want you've directly challenged me on certain things and you've asked me to contribute and meet you there in this safe space and that's growth for me and you've explored things and you've said things and you've gone off on on, on journeys with your words there and I've, I've just sat and watched you and hopefully you've experienced some growth from from that as well so that's what I've learned. I've learned many other things in this conversation, but that's a huge, t- as soon as you said that to me, you had a desire for male connection and acceptance and brotherhood and, 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 and hugs and space. It hit me like a ton of bricks because I want that with, ev- with, 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 every, with everybody, but especially with, with the men. And, and again, the women, there's a, there's a, I know there's a whole other conversation to have there. We're not having that conversation right now. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I just want to be very clear on that. But with, with men, with my friends, my brothers, people I meet in experiences like this, my, my, my dad, my son, I have a one-year-old son. I want that deep level of connection. I spent my entire youth reading fantasy books about groups of people and men who band together with a common cause and love and support and die for each other and I just I f- like what is that why do I not have that I have amazing men I have amazing friends I have an amazing father I have amazing people in my life that's not what I'm saying but there's a a depth that doesn't really exist I have found it sometimes in in a sporting context I talk about this a lot we there's a group of men on my particular team it's a man's team with a goal and every now and again when we can all ignore the distractions and trappings of life it's usually when we have a particularly difficult training session or a match where we, the only way that we can achieve our goal by winning this match or by achieving our performance is if we all operate together and we back each other we have each other's backs and there's an unconscious knowledge that if I do this particular thing there's someone on this shoulder and there's someone on this shoulder. I don't even have to look. I feel it. I feel it. They're there. I know it. I know it deep down inside me. And that's the warrior thing. That's why I've played team sport my entire life. It's why I'm still playing now. 
is because I crave that. I crave that knowledge that they have, they have, they've got me. So I'm free to be. And they know that I've got them. So they're free to be. And when that happens, it's powerful. There's, there was a, a particular, at, at, towards the end of one of one of these um, psilocybin ceremonies I was a part of, the, the, the way it was held, the space that was created and the way it was guided, the set and setting thing was another thing I picked up when you were speaking. It makes sense to me now, whereas before I just knew the words, didn't know what it meant. Towards the end of that, there was maybe five men in the room and maybe six women. Towards the end of that experience, the way they guided this, there was a mural of a forest on the wall and I was standing up in, in all my energy and I was looking around these other men in the room and I just was like, this is what I've been searching for. There was an unspoken, no words were spoken. There was music and feelings. And this, I, I was, there was sun coming through the trees and I was standing up surrounded by these men and I looked at them and they looked at me and we were all like, we are in this battle together. And we were each in our own individual battle against our, our, our own shadow and our own stuff, but we were there together. And I looked around and there was this one guy beside me and all he did was he just looked back and the slightest inclination of his chin and he looked back to where he was looking and I was like, we've got this. And I've got it because he's got it and he's got it because I've got it. And if I'm here for him, he's here for me. Let's go. And I tra- I, didn't, I didn't move, but I charged off into these woods, armed, ready. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm doing it because I've got this, this connection, this backup, this, this energy, this masculine energy from these other men that they're giving to me and I'm giving back to them. And it's all linked in and we become impenetrable. So... That's all the stuff that comes up in me when I hear you speak about that connection, the desire for connection. And it was interesting that our backgrounds are different and yet it's the same thing. They're triggered in different ways and yet it's the same thing, which to me shows that it's definitely something that we're missing. And I say we as the collective, we as a people are missing in many areas of our life, but it, it's not gone. It's literally under the surface. And the surface to me, what I describe as the surface is, and I'm going to hold this up now, nobody can see it, but in my phone, this is the surface. I look at this with all the social media apps and all the, the notifications and all the work and the money and my bank accounts on here now. Oh, that's the surface and it's distracting us all. So we're kind of like this. I'm holding my phone in front of my eyes here, so I can't see Michael anymore. But it's still there. I don't think it's gone. It's just under the surface. And I've now managed to like, I'm dipping my toe in every now and again. I'm like, oh, that, and then it moves. I'm like, oh, where's it gone? And I'm, I'm going, I'm moving. I'm, and, I'm, and now I'm, maybe my foot is in now and I'm, I'm getting closer. I can feel like I'm getting closer. And I'm watching you and you're on your journey and you've got your, your whole leg in. I'm like, oh, he's got his whole leg in. Go on. And because you're doing it, I know I can do it. And I'm not like, fuck, I wish I had my leg in like him. What a prick, he's got his leg in. I'm not like that at all. I'm like, oh, he's got his leg in. How did, how did you do that? And you've just explained to me how you've done it. You've done it by opening up and creating safe spaces and serving. So now I'm going to go away from this conversation and that's my takeaway. Build safe spaces, build that connection, serve, take Gary aside after the next, after the next dinner party and tell him how I feel. Give him the option. Don't challenge him. Tell him. By when? Ah, to pull out my notepad again. I don't, I don't actually have a Gary in mind here because I'll, I'll have to think about it, but by when? You don't need to say um, name of anyone. Just no, no, I won't you, say a name. You, you know who it's going to be, and you, you, it's coming to your awareness who that person is right now, and you're going to give it enough space that maybe two dinner gatherings will have happened. I'm writing it down. Two dinner gatherings. Okay. And you'll know. Yeah, I and, do now. And what date is that? 
that you will have that complete by? I'm saying we probably have one, one, one gathering a month, so two months. Perfect. What date is that? Today is the, what did we say today was? The 24th? 24th. So the 24th of August. August. You'll have... Um, I'll be a busy man the next, two, the next two months here with all these things I've written down. You'll just have had that... Com- you'll have initiated that conversation. Yeah. And Dan's going to send me a picture of this um, piece of paper on email so I can keep him accountable to that. Um, then when I pop back into the, to the message. And if he doesn't, he'll clean it up. I'll clean it up. And it's for me to be so confident in the cleaning up and so delighted to clean areas up and seeing that bit of like ego defrag moment of cleaning up and the feeling of like teachers controlling me in school or whatever thing it brings up is like this bit of discipline really supports um because at that dinner table and you're like uh, i might not bother seeing them after i'm not gonna no and as soon as you admit that Everything closes up. All the opportunities close. But you being open to that happening, then the opportunities will come. That his pet wife will leave. He'll walk outside for a cigarette. It'll all come together <laughs> gloriously. You'll hear hallelujah songs and everything <laughs> by being open to it. Yeah. And the ones that are kind of not great where Johnny is there and Johnny used to bully Gary and he would never open up in front of him. You don't need to force it in in a moment where it's not safe. You'll find that safe moment and it may not make sense. And... If you choose not to, you'll know, is it worth me going, going by in 10 bags of ice, filling my bath up and lying in it no matter what for 20 minutes? Or would it be easier now just to go initiate this <laughs> conversation with Gary? Yeah. Massive growth. Yeah. Like, that, 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 that's juice town. So also before sending me these pictures, writing down that thing that you don't really want to do that's going to be harder than talking to Gary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Identify it. Identify that thing. Yeah. And um, just if, can I share a blind spot with you, potential, a potential blind spot? Please, absolutely. Um, listen to maybe a number of your podcast conversations and I've listened to maybe five. There's something I, f- I hear you moving through in the potential judgment and awareness of the words enlightenment and the words spirituality and so on. I recommend you make your cleanups connected to those words in the areas where you feel that those words aren't so beautiful that you will be willing to go in there and have that as your cleanup to maybe gain a bit more clarity on what these words mean so you can clean up any shadows that are in there and therefore be available for a wider audience of people the ones you have and maybe ones of people that Love those fucking words. Those words are fucking great. And they're same as you. Mikasa Sukasa, as we've realized, we are the same. That you may see some more Mikasa Sukasa and be compassionate to a wider group of people by cleaning yourself up, by going to something that's really spiritual. That you're like, I wouldn't do that. That's fucking spiritual as fuck. But you're going to turn up to that as a cleanup if you don't talk to Gary. Can I ask? Because I'm interested in this. Yeah. And it's a good observation. What, what comes across about my use of these words. A part of it's, all of it's beautiful. A part of it's really constructive and amazing because you speak to the audience who feel a bit icky around these words. Yes. And you allow them to sit by the fire and feel a little bit more safe to drop a bit more. And it feels like you're falling in love with the words. 
you're not sure if you want to marry them yet. Like you're, you're like, <laughs> I'm on the journey. You're, you're We're dating. You're, 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 you're dating. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have a contact area, an energy we call in the men's circle at the moment called owning and sh- and renting. Okay. So are we owning and renting this topic? I'm planting an agroforest forest and am I owning that or am I renting it? Like, am I getting those trees that are going to be there for thousands of years or am I just doing it just for my lifetime? That might show you the owning and renting. Okay. When you rent a car, you get a scrape. You might paint on a black marker after if it's your care, you might go get a panel bet and done properly. Bit of energy on owning and renting. Are you owning or are you renting in redefining those words, spirituality and enlightenment? I'm definitely not owning them. I can tell you that straight away. I'm, I don't understand them fully yet. And there's a... Sorry, I don't know if you were directly asking me this question, but I'm going to answer anyway. Um, I'm aware of a misinterpretation of the words for me as well. And I'm also aware of a use of the words designed specifically to mislead because with every with every potential benefit to a a diet, veganism, a an ideology, a religion, a group, an activity, men's circles, sea swimming, there are people who will take advantage of people's desire for connection. And I've I, I might sound a bit cynical, but I spent 15 years in the medical industry watching an industry take advantage of fear and a desire for help and desperation. So I developed a little bit of cynicism, which I'm working through. So I'm aware of certain meanings attached to these words, but more than that, I'm aware of an interpretation to some of my, that some of my listeners will have to those words, a misinterpretation, excuse me, when they hear the word spirituality, they will immediately, one of my favorite phrases of all time, throw the baby out with the bathwater. They will not then receive any of the information surrounding the word because they have an, um, a misconception of the word, which I also had, which I haven't fully worked through. So now I use the words, but I also try and justify my use of the words. So I haven't fully owned the words, but you're correct. You're absolutely correct. Um, I think maybe I'm over aware I'm hyper aware of how people might interpret these words and I don't want them to misinterpret I don't want them to hear me say spirituality or you say enlightenment and then to go oh, fuck this guy thinks he's enlightened and and not listen to anything else I, I I have felt I do you know what I love what you said earlier on you can be enlightened right now and in two minutes you're not enlightened anymore it's a process who was the lady you mentioned Juliet Carter Juliet Carter mm. wow there is no enlightenment it's constant you have to constantly practice this awareness and this opening of your eyes. And this it's like you have to get out of bed every day. To get out of bed one day isn't enough because within the next 24 hours, they're going to go back to bed. You're going to have to get out of the bed again. So it's not enough just to get out one day. And I listen to a lot of, I listen to a lot of people who are not necessarily in the, the world of men's circles, psychedelic self-exploration. They might come from military backgrounds. They might come from... Um, elite performance backgrounds, but the principles are the same. These people preach ultimate discipline. You might have heard of Jocko Willing, discipline equals freedom. And for me, that level of discipline is the same as what you've just had me write down here and accountability and ownership over what I'm doing here. If I don't do this thing that I've decided and set out that I'm going, you, you didn't say to me two months, I, I decided two months. You asked me to define it and I did. So I did it. You've just facilitated that for me. But now I have to own this. And if I don't own this, that's 
that's my stuff. It's not your problem. So the principles there are the same or similar to the principles that you've, you've spoken about to me today. Hold yourself accountable because you will grow as a result. But because of the use of language, sometimes the value that could be found in this conversation might be missed because we use the word spirituality or enlightenment or something like that, as opposed to military discipline or high performance. And I know from my background and the people I grew up with, that's the language that's more comfortable. I'm not saying correct or incorrect. It's more comfortable for people that I grew up with. And I don't want those people to miss out on this. But I'm not owning the words yet because I don't even fully understand them yet. But I've had a taste and I like what I've tasted and I want to know more. So your observation is absolutely correct. And I wanted to explore that a little bit there. And what I've taken from, what I've received from that in my own um, self-acceptance and awareness is the beauty in every single word. I'm sure I could say the C word to you and make you feel like a million dollars. <laughs> I'm sure I could. I'm yeah. not going to do it right now because I'm not sure. But what I'm sure I'll do for you. Before. You could be sure because I use it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse the laughter. It's, it's probably gotten a bit loud there. Um, I love my laughter. Um, so justification. What would it take to remember to... Remember the beauty of justification. Same as what's the beauty of reassurance. My partner asks for reassurance constantly. Mm. And I'm at the stage where I nearly joke with her at this stage and I just say the word reassurance to her mm. when I'm aware it's the moment when she wants it. It's, it, it, it. That just shows you the playfulness of my growth. I, I hear what my partner asks from me and what the world asks from me. And at the beginning, I'm playful because I haven't a fucking clue. But I got to have the crack along the way. And I'm aware that I'm not reassuring her well enough and I'm aware that I don't know what justification means and I'm aware that this isn't just me sharing with you that you may have a potential blind spot with those words that's me also has a drive so there's something in me that wants to be seen and it feels like it's something to do with yeah. that because I want to speak to a wider audience I I don't want to be just available to a specific 20 or 30 people that I've had these deep connections with and to connect in with me, they listen to one of the episodes of the conversations. That is a deep root. I want, I desire for each person that I podcast with to end up meeting each other yeah. at some point. It's like my friends connecting with my friends. And instead of me telling people my friend about my friend, I'm like, listen to this episode. They need to speak to you right now. And they get that, that, that conversation. That's the root. And it's so much filled with love and unconditional love and giving and receiving. I'm now at the space where I would love to be able to speak to your friends. I would love to speak to the tribes in Ireland, all the different tribes, the turf, turf turners, the, the twine timers, the linen linettes, the Winnie the hairdressers and her ladies in the hairdressers. The lads and ladies in the recycling plants fucking and blinding at the mill cleft in the curtains <laughs> and them putting them in the general waste and sharing their, a, a gift to them that they could be awareness aware on that journey, on that belt in those factories and that they're just as enlightened as me or you, wherever they are right now, because it lies in the moment, wherever you are. What's the next thought coming true right now? 
breakup. Breakup of thought. It's gone. That's available for anyone, anywhere. There's a reason why a lot of these amazing writers, including Julia Carter, have gone to prison. That was part of their initiation process. They had to experience what they said. They said they are beyond any control from any person anywhere. And no matter where they are, they'll be connected with the divine within. So they went and felt the bliss of a prison cell. As she writes about in the book World Bridger by Juliet Carter, Juliet and Jeeva Carter, highly recommend a book um, on the back would say, we didn't fall from grace. We were pushed. (laughs) Great book written on the 33 years of them journeying together and being in Hawaii and putting in prison when the FBI were watching them for a year, suspected cocaine mules. Turned out they were just fucking drying weed and they found a bit of opium in her bathroom cabinet from her dying mother who had it for a prescription. It was something for deep pain and that's all that could hook on her. But they were trying to give her a life sentence on that because they put so much money in all the surveillance over a full year. They are expecting a massive haul. Jiva sold his land with a waterfall, this beautiful space in Hawaii just to pay for the solicitors just to get them. So he'd, he ended up going back into the prison for his prison service and going in um, guiding meditations and sharing um, karmic talks with um, the inmates. And she did kinesiology mirror work with people at her home so people could reconnect with the quantum within themselves through the kinesiology, through looking in the mirror, through the eyes. I'm pretty sure the left being mom and right being dad, brother and sister, and connect in to that wellspring of where maybe a connection into self or the quintessential self or quantum self, two types of alternative therapies. And, well, the karmic talk wouldn't be a therapy, but it would be something that would be practiced through um, maybe people who practice Buddhism, they would have talks on different karmic patterns we go through in our life from other lifetimes and so on. I'm not so aware of that information. Definitely recommend that book. I don't know where I span from to end up over there, but I can bring it back into the breath again. I would really love to be able to speak to the women as well. Um, I'm receiving so much information about brotherhood energy at the moment and men's circles it's been very focused gay wondering this deep knowing that I'm actually not gay and it's not in there but I have to scream out and write a whole book that I am fucking gay and we're all fucking gay because if this means I'm gay we're all fucking gay because this desire to fucking hug each other and hold each other and care for each other is primal and it's (laughs) what we all fucking want to feel and remembering that we're all do that and because I'm not afraid to go into it and not say these things I wrote a book called Curiosity and made a season of it while wearing my fucking pajama costume in Greystones and driving over to to Chesterfield to meet my partner's family and stepping out of comfort zones in our camper van I really want to speak to a wider audience I want to I do want I really want to speak to men in mental health in Ireland and navigating just the even topic that we're not the mind I feel like Eckhart Tolle's words are so potent. It's like the thought is the dream. Becoming aware that the thought is the dream. That is like so effective. That book, The Power of Now, read it. Whether what I'm saying right now is annoying you or it's triggering you or whatever. If your mother or father knew, they would have got it to you for, for, their, for your sixth birthday. It's fucking... Every school should be fucking reading that stuff. It's not connected to any religion. No ideology. It's about you and your breath in the present moment. 
Everyone can read that book. Very simple book that speaks to everyone, not complicated language. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. It's delicious information. It awakens you to an amazing state of consciousness and becoming aware of patterns. I'm currently reading a book called King Lover, Magician, Warrior. Haven't got into it fully, but it's letting you know that I'm reading it in case you want to join me on the road with it because the podcast after this will, I'm sure, be connected to it as they always do with the books that I read. Also reading a book called Breaking Loose of the Money Game by, forget the name, but if you Google that, you'll find it. Um, Recommended by Jonathan Andrews and... Fire in the Head, which is a Celtic shamanism book. Haven't got into it yet, but I'm sure I will be getting through them and speaking with them on journeys with shamans and people who have found the way through financial abundance and people who have embodied the whatever king, warrior, lover, magician means. I've got no idea Hmm. just yet, but I'm sure the awarenesses will come true. Um, Is there a book that you're reading at the moment or moving into that you'd like to share? It's actually very interesting because I picked up The Power of Now it's on my bedside locker and I read the first 10 pages as a taster while I was waiting. I think I was waiting for my partner to come out of the shower because I'm halfway through um, Jordan Peterson's book, The 12 Rules for Life. Um, and I I like to, fo- I, I, ha- I read some fantasy in the evenings, but when I'm reading for growth, I like to only have one thing on the go because if I have multiple things on the go, I can't focus on any of them. So I'm halfway through 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. But I've read the first 10 pages and almost wanted to switch over. But I said, no, I'll finish Jordan's book and then move on to the power now. And the first 10 pages, if the rest of the book is anything like the first 10 pages, I'm in for a treat. Um, Jordan's book, have you read Jordan Peterson's book? It's a challenging read on many levels. Number one, because he's so intellectually and literarily capable. His writing is incredible. And he's obviously a scientist and, and, a, and a therapist. So it's, it's technical. There's technical chapters in it. And also you'd be challenged by his beliefs, I suppose, in a good way. And this is, brings me back to what I mentioned it before. I believe challenge is good in, in, in the right context. Challenge is good. So it's challenging me to become a better person, better father, better partner, better listener. He speaks about a lot of things like lying. And it brings an awareness to how many times you actually lie in a day that you don't class as lying. Little white lies, um, omissions of truth because you don't hurt someone's feelings, um, manipulation of reality because you're uncomfortable. If someone asks you a question, you don't want to give them the actual answer because it makes you uncomfortable. See, it, it makes you aware of that. So, yeah, very interesting so far. Um, I would definitely recommend it. I like Jordan Peterson a lot. I've learned a lot from him. I don't agree with absolutely everything the man says, but it's like everything. I take the bits that I need that resonate, that challenge me, and I use those bits. And Jordan has a lot of those bits for me. And I'd never actually read his book. I'd read, I, I had listened and read many, many condensed snippets so I had a good feeling what the book was, but I said, no, I can't I can't keep talking about this book if I don't actually sit down and read it and absorb it. So that's what I'm reading at the moment. But next on the list is The Power of Now. So I'm looking forward to it. By when will Jordan Peterson be on the Primal Podcast? <laughs> By when? I mean, I don't, I don't really think, I don't think, no. I don't think two years is unreasonable. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe that's a bit of ego. 
Two years? And in this studio? In my studio. It may not be this exact room because I've got plans to expand and grow. But yeah, in, in my studio. In my studio. By when? Two and a half years. <laughs> By when? So what are we now? 2022? So what's two and a half years? Two and a half years will be the start of 2025. It's two and a half years because we're halfway through 2022. This is this A4 page. I'm glad I bought an A4 page and not just a small little notebook. That's a big one. Easy. Is it easy? Of course. Why is it easy? I lied my podcasting hero on my podcast within six months once I admitted it that I was allowed to happen. And he just randomly walked into a bar in Guatemala and wow, <laughs> I just said, hi. I was thinking of all the things I was going to say to him. And yeah, it happened. There you go. It's on the page. Easy. 2025, Jordan Peterson on, on the podcast. On the prime, in your space. In my space. And that's guaranteed to happen. I've listened back to a number of the episodes over the last year and a half and everything that I was like playfully talking into and I'm like, what would it take for this to happen? Asking questions, not answers. I really recommend people ask questions. If there's somewhere that you don't know something, keep away from the solutions. Just go in. That's not a rule. Go into solutions all you want. Practice the tool of questions. That can be anything from, what would it take to expand my sexual experiences with my partner? What would it take to let go of some tension in my hips. And then let it go, pop it off. You've forgotten about it. You can write it down or just make someone accountable to it. You've told someone or don't even do that. Just ask the question. It doesn't have to be strict. Sometimes we can be going on the train today with your steering wheel like I'm using my hands for now today and thinking about things that I want to do and then do nothing because I'm only allowing myself to do it in a certain way than killing the creativity, which is probably a little bit silly. Go into something and it'll probably end weaving in something brand new. It doesn't need to be rulish. Great. Write it down and making someone know that you're intending this or asking this question. Probably one of the best ways and there's better ways. But at minimum, in the head, just ask the question. Mm. What would it take to cut my toenails by Sunday? <laughs> and it'll just miraculously happen. Your mom, your mom will have a new nail clippers for you because you'll have seen your fucking nails and then when, when she actually gives it to you you'll be celebrating instead of being um, attacked by it because you actually asked the question and she's actually supporting you this is something that I'm very interested in right? and I'm going I'm to ask you on this I'm going to just press a little bit on this one because this reminds me of the first I've never read this book by the way so I'm, maybe I'm out of order commenting on it but this idea of the secret of manifestation of asking the universe will provide I am very I'm in the middle on this right I don't believe that you can get something done or achieve it if you don't, if you've just had me done here, you don't create an intent. You don't create an environment where it's possible. If I don't write this down or think about it, I, I'm not creating an environment where it's possible. So it'll probably never happen, except by some mad miracle. But on the other side, there's a belief that if you just present this to the world, it's going to happen. And I don't believe that either. I believe you take action and you move forward into that intent. So I want to run a marathon in two years' time. There's your intent. You've written it down. You've presented it to the world. If you sit on the couch for the next two years, it's not going to happen. That's, I feel a misinterpretation of something. It's not what you're saying. You're not, I know you're not saying this. It's not what you're saying, but I feel it's a misinterpretation. And again, it's one of those misinterpretations that I don't want people to have because they'll miss out on the benefits of doing this. If you want to run a marathon, 
you're not going to get up off the couch and train if you haven't created the intent. So this part of it is vital. It's the starting point. But you still have to get up off the, the couch and move forward. I still have to create the environment where Gary is going to be in the position where he could potentially go out for a smoke break and I'll have my opportunity. And to me, it'll look like, wow, this opportunity has just appeared. But I've actually created an environment for it to appear. I've manifested it through this practice, but I've also invited him for dinner. I also have an intent. I also know I want this to happen. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to take ultimate control and say this, everything is in my control. Because it's not. Everything is not in my control. But I'm also not just going to sit there like this for the next two months, hoping that Gary will knock on my door and say, did you want to talk to me about something then? Because that's not going to happen either, just because I wished it. So I, I like this. I like this conversation because we get to clear it up. You do have to take action. You have to move. The direction is somewhat important. The intent is very important, but you have to move. Move, move into it. Don't do nothing. Do all of these things. Manifest it, write it down, plan it, have intent, think about it, meditate on it, any one of those things, a combination of all of those things, and move. And then reassess and move and reassess and move. And for some people, this might be journaling, it might be breathing, it might be conversation, it might be podcasting. For me, it's definitely podcasting is a huge part of that. I get to have someone in who actually challenges me on the things that I say, as opposed to people who are like, so, so some people, strangely, it's really bizarre. They're like, oh my God, the podcast is amazing. I was like, I don't need to hear that all the time. It's very nice. Thank you. But I also need some accountability here. I need someone to say, eh, Dan, you might have a bit of a blind spot there around these two words. And it's healthy for me. I'm, I'm, I'm challenged in a very positive way by that. Um, but similarly in this, I like to challenge this idea of manifestation. I like it. It's a very important part of my life. And I agree with it. But there's also another element for me, and it's the doing, the moving. Move forward with your manifestation and your intent. Yeah, I like that. One thing that came up for me in what you're saying, and I love how you give me the safe space of asking for the blind spot and then you respond to me so beautifully. So the next person I say this to, someone that has even more armor on them, it'll be even easier for me to do so because you've given me such a safe space in a response. So that, that makes it so easy for me. So thank you. You're a really great communicator and you're great thank at responding you. to challenges which will result in insights always. Um, the thing with this space thing, it's interesting how you call it the um, the secret because I wasn't referring to the secret in any way, shape or form. No, I didn't think you were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yet, it's again how we're kind of seeing the story or belief that's blocking yeah. uh, uh, an infinite energy outlet that we're not allowing ourselves into because we have some, something is hooked there at some point. So I suppose taking off the, the hook off the curtain and letting the light shine in a little bit. And it goes back to the simplicities of the breath. If you breathe in through your nose... And you f you're not filling your stomach and heart and your genitals with air. The breathing in, you're creating space. You're not filling it with air. And then breathing out, tense the ghoulies, and then breathe it up the spine. It's as simple as that when it comes to asking a question. You bring space to something. And then you breathe it out and die to it and let it go. You can bring some space into that again by getting a piece of paper. And then you can bring another space to it again by reading that piece of paper to your friend. They'll probably speed it up. There is something really mystical and magical in it. And it'll happen no matter what. 
Because if you choose to do nothing, as you say, someone probably will knock on the door. And they'll be cutting the lawn next door. And the blade will have broken. And they'll pop over. And they're like, do you have a blade for this lawnmower? The shop closed because it's COVID. And you're like, no. But come on in, have a cup of tea. And they're like, I've just created this electronic device that generates electricity from cycling a bike. And your manifestation was, I want to go off grid. And you didn't pick up a piece of paper at all. You're just like, I want to go off grid. I'm done with paying these bills. More information on off grid. You didn't call Gary up next door with his lawnmower to break his blade and to knock on the door and to ask for a blade and to end up coming in for a cup of tea and telling you about his new idea that he feels safe to tell you because he wasn't going to tell anyone because he didn't get any copyright on it yet or anything. And then he's like, what do you reckon to that idea? And you're like, I got some extra money. I got some space. Do you want to draw this out? Boom. You've just created something genius. And that all came from more information this off-grid thing. Instead of being like, oh, there's so much the off-grid thing. I've got to fucking get a windmill. They're mostly illegal. I've got to build this house. I've got to do, and all these things you've got to do. And all the, you have to start getting into all the plans. It could all, it could, it will work that way. But if you allow space for the magic, something will come in. But it might come in a way that doesn't make sense. The person may come to you with information from a different language. They might be electricians. They may be an IT. They may bring that energy to you. So are you able to read the energy and really feel that person as they're speaking and allow that conversation to go where it can go and bring you that energy that you've been asking for, but because you're, you've caught them on the first words and judged them that they're just that, you haven't allowed them to come to you with your answers to your questions. It's constantly happening. That's the rise and fall of, of reality. And we're often resistant to these people or these things. And we're not allowing them into our lives because we've created some belief or a story of why the secret's a load of bollocks. And it is a load of bollocks. But it's also infinite magic as well. Religion is God-fearing bullshit. It's also miraculous. Again, it depends how wide-eyed and childlike you are and how, what, what, what are you willing to experience it and, and receive? Why do you feel people get old and withers, they get older and older and stuck in their ways and patterns and their body forms? Because it's, they believe it. Great documentary for anyone to um, look into the science of this. If they want some literal um, um, scientific proof. Biology of Belief by... It'll pop in. Bill Hicks is coming in. He's a great comedian. Mm. It's not him. It's, it's biology belief. And even if you type that in, it'll be the number one YouTube video from the late 80s. And he goes into it on a biological level with atoms and he, he explains it really, really well. So without me even knowing, my mom has subconsciously got me on the secret. She used to leave it by my bed when I was a teenager. And I used to tell her it was a load of bollocks. All that spiritual stuff. I'd be like, keep it away from me. 
she'd be all into angels and the power of now or yeah, power of power of now and law of attraction, all these things. And she'd be like pulling me on my linguistics and so on. It took me to go traveling and find it for myself to realize it was all in the library at home all along, which is a metaphor for life. You can go far away as you want, but it's always at home in the home house. You just not, you're not seeing it. There's too many layers and shadows blocking you from the truth. But sometimes you got to go away and see in someone else's library to love it there, to go home and see it was in your library all along. See, this, this is my point, right? <laughs> On doing nothing. You didn't do nothing. The person who's open to the, the neighbor coming in when they talk about the lawnmower blade, the person who's open to receiving that information and capitalizing on that opportunity then and there is doing something. They're working on themselves to get themselves to a place where they're open. They're acknowledging their shadow. They haven't just read the secret and sat in their living room because if they did, they'd answer the door and they'd say, oh, fuck off, I'm waiting for a miracle. And they'd go back to sitting in, in the living room with, with their copy of the secret and a cup of tea. They're doing something. They're moving. They're, and you moved to a different country. Physically, some people move metaphorically. Some people move um, uh, through through challenge, self-imposed challenge and discipline and routines and actions and ice baths and working out and stuff. But but it's the people who are, I'm not, I'm not defining the something. It can be anything. If you're moving and you're doing something, the way I look at it is you're increasing your surface area for these opportunities that are already there. You're increasing your surface area, for anybody who remembers their junior surf biology, uh, for, for one of these opportunities to stick. So now I'm the type of person, because I'm doing something, and that something is I'm growing in some capacity, that when my neighbor knocks on the door, I'm the type of person who's open to that potentially being an opportunity for me. And that's where the... the see, it's, it's like the conversation about religion. Re, a, lot of, a lot of things about religion... It, that's a personal philosophy. That's a community philosophy. Love each other. Do good. Don't steal. Don't rape. Don't kill. Don't murder. Come together. Support each other. I, su I subscribe to all of those things. I don't subscribe to religion because it's been manipulated in a way. But that doesn't mean we should decapitate the entire ethos behind being good people to each other. Whatever, what, whatever you want to call that, whatever you subscribe to, whatever model or religion or creed or whatever it is, those foundational values are good. Just like the secret, this idea of manifestation, of positive thought, of there is something out there that's bigger than you understand and you don't have to understand it. You just have to accept it and put some energy out. It's very important. But for me, not without the doing of something. And that doing could be as simple as thinking to yourself, I will be open. Not just, I read the book and I let the universe take care of it. I will be open to opportunity. That's doing something. I'll travel and find myself. I'll find out what this is. I'll move towards my shadow. That's doing something. And then you become the type of person that the secret makes sense. It's not a crutch to you anymore. It's not an excuse. I've read the book. The universe will provide. Or somebody who is very religious. God will take care of it. The famous phrase, God takes care of those who take care of themselves. You, do, you have to do something. You have to engage actively. And this is where, from my medical background, I got so passionate about empower people. If, you, if I can empower somebody to understand that knee pain, they don't need me anymore. Terrible business model as a physiotherapist, but what I did all the time. I will teach you about your knee and how it's connected to everything else in your life and how you can potentially recover by yourself. And I'll support that journey through therapies and stuff like that, obviously. But you're much more likely to succeed if I empower you so th 
if I empower that person and they do nothing and they come back to me next week and they want to rub and they come back to me next week and they want to rub, it's great. It's money in my bank, whatever. It's, I didn't subscribe to that model as a therapist. You're never going to get better. If you take a little bit of action, a little bit of interest, if you do something and you take the information I've given you, you do something, you're, you're going to have way more success. If you take the secret and then you do something and still main, if it's, you still like the ideas in the book, you still believe, you still give that energy, but you do something, I just believe it just increases your likelihood because a lot of people can go through their entire lives with all of this magic and wonder and opportunity all around them and they can be on their deathbed and never have opened themselves to any of it. It was always there. But they never, ever, ever were able to experience it. And it's a fear. It's, a, it's just fear of mine. It's what I think about sometimes. I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of getting there and not having experienced the things I know now that I can experience with my children, with my partner, with, with, with you, with, with my friends. I'm afraid of not experiencing those things. I'm not afraid of the end. The end will come. So a lot of people can get to that end and not, and not have experienced it. So the secret can say the universe will provide. But I say you have to be open to receiving. And... I think a practical way of doing that, a way that I can understand that, I won't speak for the people, is if I do things. You, you did something. You, you reached out to me. I didn't know you existed. You didn't know I existed at some point. And then you reached out to me. You made, you made a move. The, the universe didn't make all of this happen. You, you made this happen and the universe provided the opportunity and you made the link. And then, then I was presented with an opportunity and then I made that link. But we took action because we're the type of people who take action on these. It would have been easier and more convenient for both of us. For, for me, it would have been more convenient to never even answer your first email or to make up some excuse why I couldn't meet you or to cancel yesterday last minute when I was like a little bit tired in the evening and I went training and I was like, oh, what am I doing tomorrow? But no, I was like, no, that's just a weird feeling that will pass. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, it's here today. This is what you're doing. This is exciting. But I took action on that. I'm not saying I'm an action taker and you should do what I do. I'm not at all. I'm trying to learn this process. But the point I'm trying to make here is, yes, absolutely agree. We are being provided opportunities in everything, in the lawnmower breaking for our neighbor. To some people, it doesn't look like an opportunity. It is an opportunity. But I do believe the type of person who takes that opportunity is the type of person who is doing. They're taking action. And it might be completely erratic and chaotic and no, no order and structure to it at all but they're doing something and they're doing it with intent. I want to feel better. I want to, like a drug addict, they're, they're doing something with intent. I don't want to feel this way is one intent. I, I want to feel better. I want to numb something that I'm not happy with. I, like I, I don't claim to understand everything about addiction, but I worked with it for a while. Th that's another form. They're doing something with intent. But it's the doing nothing, I think, is, is dangerous. And I feel like today we're so overwhelmed and tired that when it comes to our own personal growth, we'd rather outsource that to somebody at the doctor, the government. And then we get angry when they don't do a good job and we get upset and we get frustrated. But we don't look here. We look out there, out the window, on the phone, on Instagram, on the news. And it's very easy and it's comfortable and safe to get, to get angry at the news and to give out and to go meet Sheila and... Did you see what that idiot on TV said about the taxes are going up again? Yeah, that's all important stuff, but it's not your problem. It's not your problem, I don't think. That went on a journey there. As I, as I was speaking, that went on a journey. But Your ability to tangent is top quality. <laughs> is it getting lost in the weeds or is it tangent? I don't know sometimes. Well, I'm, I'm personally involved in rewilding the land, so... <laughs> Fair. 
Gary next door. Poor fucking Gary. Gary's getting aroused today, yeah. <laughs> he, he'd reckon that I'm letting the fucking weeds take over the fucking field, but there's a lot of um, meadow sweets and buttercups and daisies and dandelion roots and saplings of little beech trees and oak trees sprouting up due to the um, high quantities of cows not being there and the sprays and chemicals spraying the land just to propagate the green grasses and not um, what's happening there wild already. So I'm all about the wild tangent. <laughs> Get off in them weeds, boy. <laughs> and a podcast recommendation, Tangentially Speaking by Dr. Christopher Ryan, sidestepped by two book recommendations, Sex, Sex at Dawn and Civilized to Death, both by Christopher Ryan. He was the hero podcaster that got me in. Um, to podcasting. He's great. Um, and I was actually asking him for support and him giving me exactly the support that I needed to reach out to you, which was great. And you gave me the support that I craved and he gave me the support to... He, he pushed me... He, he, in some way, he pushed me down. But exactly the vice uh, uh, that I needed. Because it, it gets the rebel out of me. Yeah. And the rebel in me then steps up and is like, I'm fucking going on a tour around <laughs> Ireland. I'm going to work this podcast and shit out. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie down to just having 15 listeners. And then I talk to you and you're like, 30 listeners that love the podcast is really powerful, impactful. And I got to see that. Got to let go of stories that I would do, be doing this if it was for money or not, mm -hmm. which is amazing. And we were going into the weeds there just to catch a seed of where I peed. And that was where I needed that. And actually, it's where it actually feeded the front of this microphone, where I wanted to ask you the weaknesses that you see in me and the blind spots that you see in me that you can share with me. And I'm giving you permission to share them with me. Gently and assertively. <laughs> I like that at the end there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say because this is something that I am hyper aware of, and it's something you expressed to me in our first conversation. A potential blind spot, maybe not a blind spot, because I might I might I might be misinterpreting your intent. But a potential blind spot is the reverse or, or the same side of the coin that you alluded to with me and my use of language with spirituality and enlightenment is you want to reach more people. And sometimes there's a, a, an, uh, an unwillingness or a discomfort or a lack of knowledge. It could be any one of these or a mix of all. And in my experience and with me, it's a mix of all of them to see that a lot of people, a lot of people are not in a position where they can take, say, for example, a three-hour podcast from Michael Miller that might contain all of your heart and soul and emotion and practical takeaway, usable information. And it's very frustrating and upsetting to you that 15 people have listened and not 50 or 5,000 because you know it would help those people. And when we spoke, it's something I see a lot, but a potential blind spot, and again, this could be due to my misinterpretation, is either an unwillingness or a lack of understanding around 
how how Gary <laughs> spends his day and why he's not listening to your podcast. And it has nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with you. If you are able to understand Gary and where he is, which I know you do, because so it's not a lack of understanding around Gary, but the fact that he is not ready for a three-hour podcast. So being able to meet him from a technological or a practical point of view where he is, which is probably 15 seconds at the start of that journey, would benefit you and your your mission and your desire. Because if your desire was, was just to do this and if no one listens, you're happy, that's fine. And everybody says that, but it's not true. And I know it's not true because I do this as well. I want more people to listen and so do you. If you're able to embrace the the things that we know are very dangerous and toxic, which are the platforms that people use, the, the way they spend their time, how they communicate as a, as a gateway, as a portal to the three-hour conversation. I feel like that would do you huge service in terms of your podcast growth, your mission, your message, your service to the world, to the community, to men specifically. And I maybe... Because I know you said to me that there's a you're, you're, there's a conundrum. There's a do I do this? Do I spend more time on this? Is it worth it? Is it financially viable? Is it? And to me, all those questions are important but irrelevant because if you really want to do this to help people, you figure out how to do it, how to get it in their ears, how to not take no for an answer. But the way to do that is in conflict with the way people like myself and yourself live our lives because we don't want to force it. We want to create space and allow people to come into it. We want to not, not uh, propagate or facilitate the reliance on social media and um, clickbait, sexy headlines, short-form content. We don't want to do short-form content. And I think potentially that could hold you back because... What I've tried to do is use these platforms as a gateway and I've had success with it Rel relative to me. What I want as success is I want somebody who would not listen to me speak for an hour and a half to three hours to eventually end up listening to me speak for an hour and a half to three hours because of the conversations I'm having, I believe are valuable. Not because of me and my ego. I believe the conversations that people bring to me are valuable. So I've accepted that I have to go on Instagram and I have to do TikToks. I don't do dancing TikToks, but I put some of my content up there and I have to meet people at the five to 10 second attention barrier that they have. And I have to combine that also with uh, uh, creating a safe space in an environment. And I have to combine that also with an understanding that the financial side is important because if I don't put money into some marketing or into some branding or into some, it doesn't look very coherent. And that there's many people like myself and yourself trying to do this. So I have to stand out. And how do I stand out? So I have to embrace something that makes me really uncomfortable and anxious and nervous and overwhelmed, which is the world of social media and the internet. But for me, it's, an, it's a, a small evil that will, has shown to me, will lead to a much, much bigger positive. And I've been where you are. And you're an excellent podcast host because I'm now on your podcast. I can speak, I can speak to that. You've got massive value. You've got real life experience. You've got passion. And I said this to you before when we spoke. And I think the only, the only bit of blind spot there is the, the practical link to, to Gary. <laughs> Poor old Gary. Because you, you, can, you can link with the people who are already in your circle. And they're open and they're willing and, and, and they want the information. 
my Garys, my Johns wouldn't listen, but would benefit. So if you can, I, I see it this way. I don't even know if it's a blind spot. It maybe maybe it's just a lack of exposure, or you don't come from a mark. I don't come from a marketing background either. But maybe it's just you don't have the the people or the support around you to help you with this, or potentially it's a resistance to sell your soul to the devil, as often us creatives think it is. When we do, we have to leverage these platforms. Should I have a Patreon? Do I ask people for money for this? Do I put it behind a paywall? Do I use Instagram? Do I? And, and then you go into this world, and very quickly you can it can you can be manipulated and turned. And you've seen other people who you know started off with good intentions and ended up becoming something different, becoming an influencer or a, something like that. You might have seen this, and it's it is a resistance or a fear there. And I think. For someone who offers the value that you do, if that's something that you're willing to explore a little bit, I think it's the only reason why you wouldn't have, and again, I'm using this in inverted commas because the word success is only, it's subjective. It only means what you want it to mean. But I think that could be a route for you to 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 spread this word, to 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 really drive this mission further. And I don't even know if that's a blind spot. So I don't know if I've actually answered your question there, but uh, that's what I would see having had the privilege of now sitting with you on your podcast, having had the conversation with you, having had correspondence with you, getting to know you. That's where I would start. But in terms of blind spots from a um, uh, an emotional or personal or... I'm I'm way less experienced here. So I'm looking at you as a, a, gu- a guide. You're guiding me on the on this journey because from a from a from a personal point of view, like I run this podcast thing as a business. So I've learned some practical skills and things like that. But I'm only on I'm only in the door. It's like I've walked in the door now and I'm like, this is a totally different room to that last room. And you're sitting down having a cup of cacao in the corner and Dara Stewart is st- standing over in a circle of people and I'm like, I, I'm the newbie in this world. So if, you, if you're asking me to, to comment on blind spots from a, a personal or an emotional, spiritual point of view, I, I'm massively underqualified and I haven't I haven't spotted any yet. Doesn't mean they're not there, but... They're there, yeah. Um, does I, that... Does I, that I, I lo- first of all, that, that novice new mind, that's the, the goal of a lot of meditators and in meditation, reminding myself every day when I meditate is like that new mind, that new waking up brand new in the morning, that novice. So it's like... It's not a stage of getting to where Dara Stewart is or where I am or where anyone else is. It's like, again, Julia Carter wrote a poem called The Bird on the... A bird with no feet sleeps on the wind. And it talks about the shaman. And the moment the shaman puts the bird in the birdcage and presents it on its... um, on its slides for the presentation, the bird's dead. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a very interesting way to take it as you will I paraphrase the poem um, so yeah I'm definitely weaving in and out and not having a clue I'm I'm totally open to going in here and having a big massive ego death as well and realising that I've just created a massive illusion of podcast host um, just to fall again what is like you, you've used a few words today I can't, I can't remember the last one you used but podcast host gay that was the other word like th- these words are just words and we've we've put meaning to these words you are a podcast host. Like, you're hosting podcasts. There is no, like, Joe Rogan is a very successful podcast host by the standards of the, n- the amount of people who listen and his monetary gain through his podcast. And But that doesn't define podcasting. 
it doesn't define podcasting because podcasting is just a medium. And this is what I try and get across to people. It's just a medium. You make it what you want to make it. So, so the important thing to temper what I've just said about learning to use these other tools, you don't have to at all. You, you literally don't have to. But if you want to meet people where they currently are, that's where they are. So that's all I'm saying is find out where they are and find a way to meet them that you don't get lost. You, you like tie your rope around your waist and dive into the cave, but make sure that rope's around your waist so you can get back out of the cave again because the goal is to get in there and help people get out of the cave. It's not to lose yourself in the cave. So you are a podcast host because you're hosting podcasts. You're sitting here right now hosting me on your podcast. So there is no illusion. It is real. And let me just give you that. Take that. Please take that with you. It's yours. You are a podcast host. I've struggled with this imposter syndrome. I struggle with it constantly. People think I'm a podcast expert. I'm only do I'm only running this business two and a half years. I'm only doing podcasts three or four years. There's no what is an expert. But I I know what this means to me. And I know that the people who come in here to ask me to help them, I know I have the skills to help them. But what I do in, in the vast majority of cases, I spend so much time asking these people, Michael, what, what do you want? What is this? People do a course I put together and the first two or three weeks, it's just me constantly saying to them, write down for me what the intent here, what does success look like to you? Like what to you because they'll ask me like what's a successful podcast I mean no 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 no. you tell me what a successful podcast is I'll help I'll help build a structure that we can guide you there but tell me what it is what's success because I can't tell you what that is I can tell you what the top podcasters in Ireland are doing but that's irrelevant it's completely irrelevant because they're doing their thing and fair play to them but that's not your thing so you are a podcast host you've done beautiful work you're you're exploring your world you're giving me space which I appreciate to talk and to learn and to grow and to be challenged. So I appreciate that as a guest. You're giving your listeners, even if it's one person, that's one person you're, you're giving this value to for free. You're putting it out there and people will take it or leave it. It's no reflection on you. Yes, there's practical things you can work on if you're not, if you're not practiced in holding space for people or giving them space to explore ideas. That's a problem. But you, this is literally what you spend your time doing. You hold space. You create safe areas for people. You're just doing it now with a microphone. It's not different. So success, like podcast host, gay. People have a fear of being gay. These, these words have connotations. This is why I, I, when you mentioned with the words earlier on, with spirituality and holistic and all this, all these words mean things to people that don't, I could say a word that means something to me and doesn't mean it to you. Because we've, we've attached meaning to words. We've attached meaning to actions. Podcast host. If we take it in its most literal term, you're hosting a podcast, you are a podcast host. The other side of that is if I claim, there's a, uh, what's his name? Oh God, his name is gone out of my head. The, art, the War of Art, not the Art of War. The War of Art. Stephen, oh, gone out of my head. Pinker? I don't think it's Stephen Pinker, but I always make, mix it up with Stephen Pinker. It'll come to me. But The War of Art, He's a writer and he speaks about the other side of it is I claim I am a writer, but I'm doing no writing. A writer writes, a runner runs, a podcast host hosts podcasts. There doesn't have to be anything more to it than that. Maybe you're not a chart topping podcast host, but that's to me, that's irrelevant. That's totally irrelevant to me. Yeah, the ego in me would love to be at the top of a chart because it's validation for some part of me that hasn't had validation before or something like that. Probably some deep rooted lack of validation, but that's not what you're trying to do here as far as I understand from you anyway, because I've spoken to you. You're, a pod, you're hosting podcasts. You are a podcast host. You're not someone who doesn't host podcasts, who claims to be a podcast host. You're hosting podcasts. 
Exactly. And, embody and, it. Yeah. yeah th thank you. Thanks for reminding me to embody it. That's exactly the brother energy that I desire is like been, when when you witness me shrivel or become small, that you catch me as I um, um, turn the fucking hook on myself and stab <laughs> myself yeah. deeply with it. That you catch me and I'm, that's what it means to be seen. So you can see me in that. And what maybe, when you see me in that, it's probably what it's doing to me. In other scenarios, when I'm at home or I'm navigating, and then that ricochets to everyone that's involved in spin frequency then. That ricochets to my partner who edits the episodes and puts them up. And it, it ricochets to the lady who just created my website. And choosing to not pay my developer anymore to do more work on the website, even though it's up and ready, yet there's still from making it now I see what it requires. It's going to always need maintenance. Like when a developer makes a website, he's got a job for life. Oh, uh, fact. Un unless you decide to learn it yourself, which I don't desire to. I desire to be involved with this with other people so I don't do everything myself. And I love the blind spots that you've showed at me. This sound quality, the listeners that currently listen, they're probably going through the task and recorder that I have and dealing with the noise because they love me deeply and they love the information so they'll deal with it. However, would I like a higher quality sound in their ears? Of course. Would I love to have some traveling equipment that I have that's in a bag that I'd be able to take out and put headphones on and allow that person to disappear into a meditation with the headphones on and then we record? Of course, these are just things I want to do with my friends and people I love. And to just be like, for example, when you you invite Jordan Peterson over here to give him like the most gorgeous invitation, that you book the flights with him, you've got you give him the the Airbnb in your back garden, you give him the full experience, you give him a voucher to two of your friends' restaurants, you 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 let him into your community a little bit and send that to him, give him that grand invitation, and you're in a place of community that you can do so. It's not flashing your cards or flashing your money. It's you love the guy, so give him a fucking invitation mm. that he's going to want to join you. And that's what I did when I was in Guatemala. I was working in a place where it was an incredible recording studio. I recorded like most of the episodes there. I was releasing them for months after without recording. I wasn't releasing at all. I was just recording because it was the perfect environment. And what would it take to upgrade my sound equipment? I've got 380 euro on my budget left over after paying for my website for the year, which was 120 euro. Just to give people a bit of a background where I'm at. I've got 380 now to invest in sound equipment to whatever that is. Maybe I'll get some second hand of someone that's just upgraded to a higher level or I'm open to it. Um, already just received 222 euro and 22 cents from this, the once off payment on my website. So that's a big win. That's come true. And I'm being celebrated. That money hasn't been touched. So actually, I was lying to myself. I've 380 and 22222. <laughs> so I've 600 euro to, to spend on expanding spin frequency. And I love talking to people. And I love awakening true communication. It allows me to turn up so much more deeper and loving in all of my rest of my relationships. So beyond it making money, I want it to expand in its, in its form and its shape and admit to my desires, admit to wanting to go to Burning Man in Westport for my friend I just met that's bringing Burning Man to Westport to meet with, who's also has a kombucha company in Angola, sending me some kombucha after he 
gay wrestled my spine and I had a nice journey with him in letting go of stories together and found out so much about him. And he's sending me kombucha now. And the podcast connects me to all of these people that are so amazing. It's just, it's a portal to making friends for me. That's the root of it. It's realizing that I make friends in a very deep way and I require at the moment a podcast to like to support that, to go to those depths because I've realized I've brought people on deep journeys and fucking bus stops and they mightn't have been ready for it. I mightn't have been the set and setting <laughs> and they might have looked away from me for a minute and been like, what the fuck just You've enrolled happened? them. You've enrolled <laughs> They've them. They've been enrolled, but they've nowhere to fucking sit. Yeah. They've lost their ground. So yeah, given some ground. Um, I feel like we're warming down now coming to the end of this um, recording and Genuinely, you've allowed me to see so many layers of myself in this conversation and allowed for me to see what I'm not allowing to happen. Because it's all me. It's all me not allowing myself to be in a studio like this, not allowing me to have this recording equipment, not allowing me to somehow co-create with you to whether that's financially or some other co-creation of me being able to record in this studio. I don't have to do everything myself. I don't need to record everything myself. By me just accepting that there's, uh, I'm supported with spaces to record podcasts and there's equipment there ready for me. Me taking action now is being available for that to come in and be available to support those people that aren't where I'm at just yet and that I can support some form of mentorship or support in some way to do with meditation, podcasting, rewilding on the land, what all of the different areas that I'm involved in. My hands are in a lot of different areas that I just play all day and every day. And just allowing those things to come together and one or two of them, or maybe all of them a little bit, allowing some income to come true as well. So I'm financially supported to travel the world and go to the Sterling Men's Weekend in two weekends time in Canada and just be able to take that chance, which I feel it happening. And I've got 2,000 euro on the bold, in the bold count for something bold to happen. And it potentially might happen to go to the Sterling. Have you heard of the Sterling Men's Weekend? No. Supposedly he's coming near the end of his life and he is been holding men's circles and weekends for a long, long time. He was the one of the beginners of this movement in Canada and he comes, comes real highly recommended to turn up for this. It's um, how the men in the circle, the leaders describe their experience of who they went there as and what they left there as and turning up in their lives for their family, for the community, for themselves after this weekend in, in Vancouver. I want to be able to ha be able to make those decisions to go there and to record podcasts there, which I have been doing these bold things and to continue to do so. I just let go of half of my income to rewilding so the land could heal. Big move. <laughs> Big ideas. And now I just don't have that money that gave me that buffer. And now I'm making that space for that to arrive and allow myself to accept that I'm allowed to earn a thousand euros a week from the world. I can receive that and move that in the directions of the things that I'm involved with. To be involved in conscious businesses, to be involved in co-creations, to be involved in festivals, recording, communicating, connecting all the webs around the world. I'm, I'm in, I'm ready, I'm grounded. I'm, I, I love it, I'm ready. And I'm, I'm so ready to see what's not allowing that. And I'm allowing the shadows or the ego and any and all of that because there's the dark side, every bit of that willing to see 
to see it at its pace and to step into that uncomfort zone one bit at a time. I could sit beside Joe Rogan podcasting with him, which is why I haven't called it in just yet. And I mightn't want to talk to him at all. It, that is not my desire just yet. Okay. It, wa- it was my desire, Christopher Ryan. Russell Brand, I'll have podcasted with him within a year. That's happened already. A year. The Happy Pair Brothers, I went to podcast with them up in Greystones and I ended up podcasting with two of people that work as their staff. And it was the most amazing conversations because I let go wow. of needing to podcast with them because they had so much going on. Yeah. And I met the people that were available to me and it was so gorgeous. So, yeah, I love making the bull manifestations. They happen. I let go of that story. I'm going to podcast with Joe Rogan in a room, me and him, potentially with another person by 2023. By the 23rd of March, 2023, I'll have podcast with Joe Rogan in some form of a space. I'm putting that down on my list for you now. Yes, you are. Thank you. Please. Yeah, that's easy. And it's by accepting that that's going to come in. Can you deal with it? That's the next question because mm. I've made these bold manifestations and they've come in and I haven't been able to deal with them and I've pushed a bit of them back and I've accepted some of them and then it's been a journey of opening up to allowing it to come in. So these things will happen. The Jordan Peterson, the Joe Rogan experience will come in but there's some potential growth or things to be seen in your everyday life that would mean that that would be able to happen and do you want to be seen that much? What that would mean for your life mm. in terms of navigating that isn't just sitting in a room with Joe Rogan. No. That's so much more. The, all of the different effects of that ricocheting. It shall happen and I shall experience the growth required to be integrated in that and to have the ninja moves available to, to be there. We're going to close this out with the song by David on Curiosity. Um, I'd love to just give you a little bit of space um, now before we close, just to, I don't know, just share your 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 lovely words with the listeners before you finish. And maybe just let the, of course, let the listeners of Spin Frequency know about your podcast. Oh, yeah. The, the little plug. Um, first of all, I'm gonna, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for, because you did something. You reached out. You made this happen. This wouldn't have happened if you hadn't done that. So thank you. Thank you for giving me the space to explore some of these ideas. Thank you for challenging me. Um, just my genuine appreciation for that, for the, for the shared experience. Thank you to anybody who's listened this far. This is something I'm always very aware of, people's attention and time today particularly, for whatever reason, is very limited. And if somebody, I don't even know how long we've been talking, but if somebody has sat down and listened to this conversation, I'm, I'm very grateful. Very, very grateful because that's somebody's time and attention they've given to 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 listen to our words, to listen to to stuff that we've we're interested in, and they've they've given time, and it's very very valuable. So thank you to, to the listener. Um, once again, this is you asked me a question near the start of the podcast. What 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 are my tools? This is my tool. This is what I do. I, I communicate. I talk, which is so ironic considering I spent thirty years doing literally the opposite. Uh. And once again, it hasn't hasn't disappointed. And it's this. It's. I can feel my brain and my. Whatever you want, I'm holding my fist down low on my stomach here. I can I can feel it like full now. I, I I'm definitely tired after the energy we've used, but I can feel it full. So I I I, I know that's a sign for me of something that's been positive. 
and nourishing and helpful and a tool for growth is something I'll have to sit and think about and integrate and like, like every tool, like plant medicine, psychedelics, exercise, food, whatever, it's another tool and this has been a fantastic one. Um, you very kindly have given me space to talk about my own podcast. My podcast is my my exploration of my world and my my um, journey into the corners of the world that I'm only discovering now. I want to speak to people who can add value to my life because I know that will, by extension, add value to my family's life and to my friends' lives and to anybody who happens to listen and hopefully to the guest who comes on. It's a space for people to come in and explore. My podcast called The Primal Podcast. You can find me here. Here's where you need to get good. You can find me on Instagram at Primal Pro. Um, but anybody's free to reach out to me for conversation, for 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 anything at all. Um, my my business is Primal Productions. I run a production company here where I, I try and help and facilitate people to grow their own podcasts and have the studio here. And um, so that's what I do. It's uh, it's my passion. I'm very lucky that every day I come in here and figure out how to do more of what I love doing. I, and I've got a very supportive and loving family who allows me to do that. So. Um, yeah, so that's, if anybody wants to reach out, please feel free. My name is Dan and this has been <laughs> a little insight into, into things I don't usually talk about outside the realm of podcasting, which is this, which is why this is so wonderful to me. But, um, yeah, just, just to finish, thank you again, Michael, and thank you to the listeners. Doubling that gratitude. It's reminded me to thank you for listening this far, whether it's taking you know, 10, 10, 10 approaches or just one. Thank you. Feel free to send me an email on spinfrequencypodcast at gmail.com. Any constructive feedback? Go on to my website, www.spinfrequency.com. Up in the URL. Don't put it in Google. It won't come up. Don't know why. Work it. I'll work it out. Up in the URL in the top bar. And go in there and send me an email or hit the contact me page or box and if you want to podcast with me or you know someone who would be, you'd love to hear me have a chat with. And if you feel financially abundant and you want to support my journey to the Sterling Weekend and all the journeys of Spin Frequency, please subscribe. Five euro a month, all the way up to 1,169 euros a month for those of you who are very abundant and you want to support deeply this journey of Spin Frequency and you see something very deeply magic and beautiful about what, what's happening here. That's available. And a once-off payment of two euro would be fantastic as well if you want to just put some energy towards what you want to grow. And if you don't want to support financially, but you want to support and want to keep enjoying this free opportunity, go to the episode on the website. For example, Black I Identity Black with David Ogbede. Go click on share and then copy that link paste it to your friend Gary on Facebook and say Gary I fucking dare you to listen to this go on Gary <laughs> Gary's a legend and if you're an Instagram user spin frequency podcast on Instagram hey. um, and spin frequency on Facebook all of these webs Thank you.